0: Okay video coming to you from Calgary, Alberta. This week takes us back to the early nineteen seventies. If you were in Italy, nineteen seventy one. If not, nineteen seventy two. For nineteen seventy one, Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau was a parade marshal at the Calgary Stampede. Hard to believe now. In seventy two, Mickey Mouse. That one makes more sense to me. Anyway, I'm Nathan Rohrer and I'm joined as always by Ryan McCullough.
1: Hey there, Ryan here. Uh that is hard to believe, mainly because like, Trudeau was hated.
0: Hated here. All I would hear about him as a little kid at the dinner table was like, yeah, he flipped us off. He flipped off the whole province. He raised the birds <laughs> well, twice a on a train or something BC and said, I, I
1: hate your province. And he BC, he flipped off BC. He didn't flip off Alberta.
0: Wow. What? Mindbender said <laughs> yeah. the western
1: provinces are trash. And well, yeah, because they were upset off off about the oil train. crisis and we had oil and the east didn't. And it was just like... That East. must
0: be later in his tenure, though, right? He was he was prime minister for a
1: while. Yeah, he was prime minister for a while. The, this was early. This is earlier because he was prime minister into the eighties. But he just was never popular because he was always like brash, and he was a liberal, and yeah. all these things. I mean, he's oh, we hate
0: those things out here. Oh boy.
1: Well, and he's Jeez. a Trudeau, so we just hate the Trudeau name. Like it's just a legacy to it in Alberta.
0: Yeah, that's probably not helping his son's tenure any. I definitely see stickers uh, talking about him quite a lot on yeah. uh, pickup trucks around well, here. Well, do you
1: want to know something fascinating? So I have—I don't think I've ever seen this. So the stickers that Nathan's referring to, if you're not from Canada, it says, uh, like, F Trudeau.
0: It's the letter F, and then a Canadian, like, uh, maple leaf, and then CK. So I don't know what letter goes in between yeah, there. Right. It's it could sort of fac. mysterious.
1: Completely FAC Trudeau. Fec. It needs to be a vowel, yeah. though. That's what we do know. It needs to be a, probably. A-I-O-U. That's how English tends to so go. So it could be fac, so. fic, feck, fuck,
0: or fight. Careful with that one. That's getting into my, you
1: know, meet the parents territory. So, uh, so they have these everywhere, like absolutely everywhere. You want to hear a funny thing? Okay. Back in the like late aughts, when a prime minister Stephen Harper yeah was our prime minister they there were some people that were not happy about him he's a conservative prime minister and they had similar like flags and signs and bumper symbols. stickers symbols yeah that the conservative government sued as like hate speech and got it shut down interesting very and yet, fragile yeah here we are living in a world yeah. where conservatives are largely angry with trudeau and Trudeau's doing nothing about it and allowing their speech to not be, like, See, truncated.
0: my my theory, when you ask, like, hey, do you want to hear something, is, like, he, like Elvis, he's the one behind the sticker company, and he's getting that money. Oh, like, he, I mean, he's would be smart genius. About it. yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, people hate me out there? Guess what? Sticker printing. I'm gonna well, going yeah, we that. Well, want,
1: yeah, we want, like, it's a good point. Like, I don't like that character, like, the, the Colonel Parker. Yeah. But... <laughs> but like, you got a good point. I like hate a,
0: Elvis pins. That's
1: genius marketing. Like that yeah, is genius marketing. Someone's going to pay for that being like, oh, I hate Elvis. I'm like, great. You get
0: the mainstream culture and the counterculture yeah. both. You get that money either way. 100%. So. It's genius.
1: Mm. And back nice. in those days, they didn't have to, like, print, like, see Elvis Presley Co. or whatever. Like, they, it could just it's be like, like wait a minute.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you flip it over and you're like, no. Yeah. yeah. He's got my nickel.
1: So, so anyways, but yeah, that's. That's, that's a little bit of, of Canadian politics for you, so, but yeah, uh, good good information, Nathan, but we are not, we're a movie podcast, so, and I'm Ryan, and you're Nathan, and we're talking movies.
0: Well, movie star Mickey Mouse also brought up, uh, I just want to bring up that I'm pretty sure that would have been part of the promotional push for Walt Disney World, which would have just
1: opened. Oh, okay. Like, Six months prior, or so they something. just really like we got to get that Calgary based to come over. We got we to we gotta get people
0: traveling down to Florida, they know about the one in California. This I mean, I, I guess it's not thing. hard to like
1: it's not like you're sending a person from Walt Disneyland to go play him, you just send the suit,
0: just send the suit, get somebody <laughs> to follow the rules or whatever, and boom, Mickey yeah. Mouse is your parade marshal. So, but anyway, you're right, we, we're, we're not a parade podcast, we're a even though it, it
1: feels that way the
0: last few weeks here. I, I, I still like this theme. I think it fits. No, I'm not upset about it. Festival. I'm just saying
1: like, this is a weird way to kick things off. If anybody was to sample our show, they would turn it on and they'd be like. And every single week we're talking about parade marshals <laughs> and local Calgary flavor
0: history stuff. And it's like, what? What is this? It's about the Old West. See, that's a connection. Because yeah. the Old West But here's the thing: It doesn't
1: quite work this week because we're not in the Old West this week.
0: We're not really in the old West, though this is credited as Sergio Leone's last Western, so I'm gonna say it still fits. But yes, we're we're heading it to Italy for our first and only spaghetti Western. Mm-hmm. Duck you sucker, or Fistful of Dynamite, or Once Upon a Time, Revolution, uh, which I think is my favorite of the options, but it's not the preferred. By anybody (laughs) i don't (laughs) well
1: and i'll get into why it's not my preferred in a bit
0: but yeah all right so this is from the great sergio leone it was written by luciano vincenzoni sergio donati and sergio leone himself it was released in the u.s in july 72 and made 1.9 billion lira uh in italy and 980 dollars in the u.s But honestly, who knows if any of that is true? Box office stats from this kind of
1: so crazy. Like when you go to IMDb, like you have two options. You either go to Wikipedia and it says one point eight nine billion lira. And I was like, that's a crazy thing about there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, cool. Or you go to IMDB and and then they and then IMDb I mean, Wikipedia also has the France numbers. It's like four million dollars in France. Okay. Again, that's the only box office numbers they have, and then you go to uh, IMDb, and it's like, oh, it made nine hundred eighty dollars in America, like what? at like
0: what? one screening,
1: <laughs> like what is that? <laughs> so confused. But okay.
0: Yeah, international distribution of Italian pictures. Like who knows who was bookkeeping any of that? But here's so.
1: the thing: this is his like literally his fifth movie after like four like really successful in America yeah. movies. Do so you think. think
0: someone was expecting this and, and it's got some big like actors in it. Like Rod Steiger was coming
1: off of some big stuff. Yeah. He so. got hired for this role because he just won an Oscar.
0: Yeah. so he's, he plays a role in my summary here. So I best say yeah, that now. No, we'll move then forward. we'll move into the, the chit chat about the tale. Juan is a Mexican played by French Scottish and Germanic actor, Rod Steiger. John is an Irishman played by Scotch Iris, James Coburn. So that's pretty close. These two men and their adventures provide the backbone for this Italian-made Western about the Mexican Revolution. But really, it's a story about friendship. Will these two new friends succeed in knocking over the legendary bank in Mesa Verda and escape to America to live that good life? Only those who've seen the film can say for sure. Luckily, we literally just watched it, so we are here to tell the tale. This is the hottest off the press, like, movie <laughs> for me. Like, credits rolled, like, 40 minutes ago. And yeah. here we are. So, here we are. Uh,
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, okay, just right off the bat, because you just watched it. I finished watching it tonight. I started watching it the other day. I've been sick. So this we're, we're recording a few days later than we normally were. But I've been sick, coughing, and I was like, I don't have the energy to talk, nor do I think I'm not going to cough for any period of time. Okay. So we postpone this, but what is your general impression of this movie?
0: Occasionally fantastic. And overall I quite liked it, hmm. but there's a couple hitchy things here and there, but I think that's sort of an issue I have with some of this era of foreign cinema with like dubbing and sound stuff, especially kind of bothers is, me.
1: There's some interesting things to get into with the dubbing and sound stuff. Yeah. in This movie specifically. Uh, interesting this this whole season might be like our most divisive yet because I I really did not like this movie
0: weird okay yeah I thought it was occasionally really good so (laughs) yeah
1: whereas like I sat here being like so I don't like the once upon a time moniker being attached to it because I'm like oh Oh. this is his worst western (sighs) like I like his other movies in varying degrees And I was like, this movie was painful for me to watch. I was not enjoying an ounce of it. Weird. Okay, wow. Yeah, we're going to have a different conversation (laughs) because I I I was,
0: like, really impressed with a lot of it.
1: So, my problems were pretty, like, transparent, like, right on the surface. I don't – I thought Rod Steiger was terrible. I did not enjoy him at all. Okay. I couldn't get past this, like, very clearly white man –
0: he It is, uh, like, a product of its time thing. It's, like, this guy is just going to be in brownface this whole movie which, okay, and playing this which character. Which is fine.
1: And, and Eli Wallach was also in brownface, but he was also naturally darker skinned. So yeah. he didn't have to make it so coffee-like. Like, almost Robert Downey Jr. from Tropic Thunder-like.
0: Uh, I I feel like he has kind of a... Oh, no. Rod
1: Steiger is, like, whitest... Like, he had white hair up until this point in his... Like, he was... Uh, sure, it's dude. like dyed black hair, sure. and he's got a very like light skin complexion. Like he's Irish. Like he's got that like.
0: I think no. All, all I'm saying is like this character is kind of has this disheveled, grungy quality, and he kind of has this character actorly quality to him that kind of leans into that. Like the first scene in his, this movie with him is him pissing on an anthill, yes, with no shoes on in like the wilderness. Uh, so it's just like wow, this guy's just sweaty and gross or whatever and rod's kind of leaning into that i think i'm also coming off of like a pretty positive impression of rod after watching this sydney lament movie the pawnbroker a couple months ago okay uh so i was game for him being in this big role or whatever so i was not mad at him at all so he was Uh, like i'm
1: i was sitting before okay so i had read imdb subsequently after my first sitting so i watched this movie in two halves and i was like when I texted you to cancel, I was in the midst of watching it. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm, I'm not game today. I was feeling tired already just watching the movie. So, I was like, I'm not game today. i to text Nathan. And then through the time between then and Thursday, I learned. So, while I was watching the first half, I was yeah. like, man, why are they, like, giving me a poor man's Eli Wallach? Like, what is happening here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then to learn that it was like, oh, this role was written and designed. was set
0: aside for Eli Wallach like it was he Sergio's like it.
1: this is who I want this is how I've crafted this character have set up this idea and then Eli Wallach was busy and so he was like I can't do it and Sergio was insistent so Eli got out of another film To come and do this one, but in the meantime of him getting out of the other film, the studio went and hired Rod Steiger.
0: Had secured Rod Steiger, like, three, four years after he won Best Actor. Yeah, as the main person. And so then
1: Eli ended up being, like, kind of burning him a lot, and he ended up suing the studio for compensation because he left a role to go take another role and then get it, so.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But I like Eli Wallach quite a bit. And so I was like, oh, this is, a, I don't know if, I, for me, it was like sitting here being like, oh, I wonder if this would, I would enjoy this more with Eli Wallach in the role than Lance Steiger.
0: Whereas I'm like, oh, the, you can't, you can't turn down a best actor winner like that. He's, he's like mega watt stuff. Like, you know,
1: and I know that. <sighs> like, that there's is always that a trade actors. up
0: to me. Like, Eli Wallach's cool and everything, but he's kind of a small player well, in so the is, like, I
1: mean, best actor winner. There's lots of people that are best actor winners that are like. Yeah, I would trade that up any day. Like, Cuba I'm, I'm gonna trade that Jr. Adrian Brody for you well, know. Well, Cuba Gooding somebody. is also a, a best actor winning. I want to be like, oh, I'm gonna trade it for this guy. To like, if Will Smith was starting a movie and it was like, oh, we can't get Will, let's get Cuba because he's an Oscar winner. <laughs>
0: well, Will's also an Oscar winner now. Now so everyone forgets. But I mean, historically,
1: even like a couple years after, <laughs> yeah, Will was starting. It was like, whoa, well, but we could get Cuba because he's Chill Factor, right? Chill Factor was almost. Will, Fer- Will Smith, and then we got Cuba because that's better.
0: Yeah, Jerry Maguire, dude. He <laughs> wanted that money, or whatever. but my point is, I just, I don't
1: <laughs> it's okay. It's not a, it's not a specific Rod Steiger thing. It's just like I was taken out of the like the brown face makeup, like this Irishman trying to play this Mexican, the, yeah like, stereotypes, and it just didn't like. I know Eli also had the same trappings, but like his good, the bad, the ugly character. Like, this was just an extension of that character. It's like he almost was like, I want a sequel with that character.
0: I kind of want to, like, give this character a center p- place. I think I just was really caught up in that turn in the, his intro scene. I thought it was just really good storytelling. Sure, yeah, uh, it was a good scene. So I wasn't I wasn't really, like, focusing on the, like, who it is or anything. It, so I guess, yeah, yeah, just to get to that. Um, so, yeah, dude's pissed on the sandhill goes to hitchhike basically with this big elaborate carriage going down the road. Uh, Initially he's kind of shoved aside. Like he's holding up some like sweaty money or something. And the driver's just like, ah, get out of here. And then I guess this guy is kind of like, I don't love the hoity toity rich jerks. I'm driving around. So I'm going (laughs) to play a prank on them and get this like sweaty hobo and send him in there to go sit with them and that'll just be hilarious (laughs) uh so he he sends him into this like super up like upper crust company and they're just so crappy to him for like minutes of just like talking as though he's not there about just how him and his kind are the worst why did we like why are we giving in to the rabble and just horrible political commentary swirling around in here with mm-hmm. him just sitting right there. And then this group of people, like, attack the carriage and, like, swarm it and take over, and you get the reveal that, like, he is the head of this gang. Well, I think they assuming that them.
1: Them. he doesn't how to speak English. Like, he only knows how to speak Mexican. Yeah, he
0: kind of does this, like shrug a couple times it's yeah. like i don't know i don't know what you're saying I like how many kids do you have i don't know how old are you I, like he just looks do like you a know your father
1: like yeah He's yeah like, no. yeah so
0: they're really just laying into the sky and then that turn on all those rich people was such a like ha ha sweet so <laughs> yeah, i was i
1: was on board with And that. see, was i was already kind of stuck in this like who is this guy like i didn't know it was rod steiger at first. i was like i thought rod steiger was coming later like, I was yeah like, who is this i didn't know this was the main character Cause I was like, I'm pretty sure I know what Rod Steiger looks like, but I'm way more familiar with bald Rod Steiger from the late '90s, early 2000s, like, sure, like, grun, like.
0: Whereas yeah, like I, I was even questioning myself. It's like I'm pretty sure this is him. Like he looks super gross and weird. Like it, it, it But he's thick enough to be Rod. Yeah, Steiger, he is so thick enough be to be him. Rods.
1: But I so the scene's happening, and all I'm doing is thinking of like, oh, this is this is this the main character, and is. Why is Eli Wallach not like, is this Eli Wallach's character? And I was thinking Mm -hmm. in my brain, I was like, is this the ugly? Like he just got his own movie now. Like the man with no name got a movie. And then, but it's like not Eli. So I just, I just struggled with not Eli-ness happening is the big thing.
0: Okay. And that
1: kind of like stuck with me because then the next scene happens. And then I also read this too. The next scene happens after this, like, yeah, he gets his revenge against all these rich people. He's robbing them and beating them up and stuff like that but then he rapes one of them
0: he does i i was getting that like vibe from the with the scene with the close ups of the mouths like uh with her she's sucking on a cherry yeah and there's just a, enough there to be like oh i think there's something creepy happening here yeah. like this this is leaning into like, like these two characters are going to bone somehow but it is not a consensual it's situation. not consensual he like yeah they
1: have a whole long sequence it's he...
0: mostly like it's mostly off screen there's like a cut oh no
1: yeah but it's just but uh, it almost creepy. made it worse though it's like what they yeah they imply almost made it worse by like it just made me it was just such a weird way to introduce a character for me to like was for yeah. to him and go in and, and rape somebody i just thought that was a fascinating choice that i, I didn't understand but I also that, read out that, that sort
0: of fits with the Leone stuff from later. Like, there's there's a scene in Once Upon a Time in America that was way more like slap oh, hundred percent. Yeah, he definitely moves
1: this route. But yeah, but in that in my argument, and that's in those in that movie, is like he's not always making his characters like this movie is trying to just kind of have a fun time.
0: Ah, uh, I'm gonna say it. It definitely is doing that for like half of it. And then there was a huge tone change that I thought was incredible, okay. but yeah, so we will get into okay. that in
1: a bit, but at this point, it seems like we're having a fun time. And I had read subsequently again, after watching this first half, I was reading up on the movie and I read that, like that Sergio wasn't really happy with Rod's performance. Cause he was not playing him like goofy and loose light like he, enough. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, like, watching this being like, oh, maybe this scene might have played funnier and lighter with Eli than it did with Rod. Because I watched the scene being, like, kind of weirded and creeped out.
0: Yeah, I mean, it it basically suggests he whips it out and is kind of walking towards her in this weird way. And it's just like, man, this is intimidating and creepy. Yeah. but I just wonder, it's just a part of me that
1: wonders if, like, there's this tension that happened on set between Sergio and Rod Seems to be around, like, Rod was playing it a little more, like, sinister street. Intense or
0: something. And
1: he was, like, wanted that, like, Eli kind of played it as, like, a goofball a bit. Like, he was the comic relief almost in Mm Big Bad the Ugly. And I kind of got that almost, like, oh, I was like, oh, okay, that is the vibe I kind of got. Even though he's doing, like, the big goofy face when he's shoulder grinning and, like, him and his interactions. Yeah, he has
0: a very kind of, like what, I don't know, shrug, he pulls off a couple times. And like his early interactions
1: with Sean are also kind of like a little ham and fist goofy.
0: like Just, yeah, big smiles. Yeah,
1: type of thing. And so that stuff is happening, but like then there's scenes where it's not happening and I'm not, I'm not certain that like I got pulled into it in the way that Sergio wanted me to and that was hard for me. And I think that's what Uh, pulled me out. I just wasn't connecting to Juan. So I think the dramatic moment you're talking about, it just didn't work for me. I watched it and I was like, I don't, I don't know if I'm supposed to care about this because he was also just. Slapping I, I was a these bit like thrown around.
0: by how they present this thing, but I, I guess we'll we'll get there in a little. Yeah, bit. we'll get there. Um, because first we have to meet our other main character, John Mallory Sean from Mallory. Ireland.
1: Sean Mallory. Yeah. but he says he, John. He,
0: he covers. It, he colloquializes it or whatever. He makes it American or something for uh, Juan's benefit.
1: Well, no, uh, I, I guess I was reading online. It was just like Juan didn't understand his accent, and he heard Sean, even though he's like, "It's Sean," and it's like, "Oh, John, Sean, John." Like it was that that J sound. Well, say. he
0: he adds the J sound to reiterate it. So he's like, "Sure, sure. that works too. Fine. Like, just call me that." Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So he he they they just robbed this carriage and pillaged everything and thrown everybody down a gorge or whatever, like in this wagon. Yeah. Uh, and then this motorcycle just rides through the scene, and Juan just instinctively shoots out a tire, and is like, ah, blap. And then they have this guy there. Uh, but he is so confident, like, getting off of his bike and strolling into this trouble, because uh, he's got dynamite all over. <laughs> yeah, him. He's an he's explosives
1: just, he, genius. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's just, like, he's got dynamite everywhere like he's strapped
0: up with all sorts of exploding stuff i love that he like point like pours out like a single drop of like nitro or something and it just blows a giant divot in this in this road just like you can't touch me okay if i fall guess what happens you're gonna have to redraw the map here because it's gonna (laughs) it's gonna be bad and then point pours out a single drop to illustrate his point uh, it's fun. I, I liked his intro a lot. Like he pulls off the goggles and the scarf and it's like, ah, it's James Coburn. He's yeah. here in this movie. Now Uh, I will say though, I found the movie like this is cut down. All right. Sergio is getting into his eh, five hours kind of era of filmmaking. Yeah. Uh, This movie originally was three hours and 15 minutes or something. Like yeah. it's 40 minutes of stuff was there. And I was already kind of chomping a bit at some of this first hour and a bit 100%. stuff. I'm just like, what are we doing? Like, obviously these two guys are going to knock over this bank. No. Yeah. Why but... are we like having so many beats where it's like, no, nope, I'm not actually going to do it. And then there's kind of a thing where he puts him in a position where he kind of has to do it. Cause he just killed people and is on the Mexican Army's 100%. Hit list now. No. And it's... then there's another moment where he escapes on this train And that was the one that almost bucked me off the horse. I was like, what are we doing? Like, he just escaped. But then they go to Mesa Verde anyway and happen to run into him. And
1: Coburn is so so too cool for school at this point. So there's a possibility because... The longer and longer the versions of Once Upon a Time in America come out, the more I yeah. love the movie because it just connect connect a tissue. It there. connects
0: more things together yeah. in a more logical
1: way, and yeah. so I'm I'm happy with those things. There's very much a possibility that the uncut version of this movie I might like because one it of the problems it might just make more sense. Yeah. One of the problems I have was like I was like, wait, why are where what how did we get here? How did we get to this scene? Why did why is John in the bar in Mesa Verde? What, how did he get here? And it's just like, well, I,
0: I got how he got there. Cause he does that train escape. Bit, no, for right? sure. But
1: like, why, why is he helping all of a sudden, even though he seems like he's off and got away? Yeah. His it, motivations it, are unclear.
0: It's like, yeah, there's motives that are kind of like not stated explicitly. So you just kind of have to fill in the blank after it is stated. It's yeah. just like, whoa, wow. So James Coburn, I guess was totally on board with this plan. And, like, got a big group of people to start moving on it already in the interim. Like, that's weird. I didn't think that was what was happening.
1: And on the next level, there's another part of this that that frustrates me. Because Sergio chooses to do not live audio, like, he refuses to do live audio. Yeah. He he relies a lot more on gestures of, like, physicalness in the acting of these scenes and stuff like that. Of people just, like... Because he can't, he has to capture exactly what's in the script. But the problem is, if you cut stuff from the script, all of a sudden, then you're making up pieces with audio that might not necessarily click because the scene works, but the audio doesn't explain anything away.
0: Yeah, no, it's an interesting, like, it's one of my favorite things he's doing here, and also one of the most frustrating in terms of storytelling because there there there's scenes in here that are explicitly no audio at all. Yes, like there's the flashback sequences with. uh, coburn's character john yeah. that are filling in like some of his experience with the ira and they're like, giving us a first giving, revolution. that's where
1: we're getting to know him and where where his motivations are coming from
0: and i think it's that stuff that makes me feel like he is secretly the main character mm-hmm. but it doesn't really give him the driver's seat for like 90 minutes which is kind of even
1: i would say still some more because i don't think even there's a point in the movie where he becomes yes the emotional seat but then Juan continues to like
0: i feel like after the the big kind of there's a turn point like a pivot point like coburn is the guy like sure. you get you, Juan becomes like almost like oh yeah he's still in this movie
1: <laughs> like he's in it there's a couple a times specifically more. a sequence in which coburn is in on something that Juan is not and he looks like does Juan not looks know. like a bumbling idiot in these scenes a little bit yeah um but then my point is just like that like cool there, or... There's some
0: quotes to the effect of like uh, naivete versus the intellectual or something yeah. like oh, yeah. Juan is the naive guy who's never had a revolution, doesn't really know about any of this, whereas John has lived through one already and has that kind of world experience or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so he's he's got more going on. In terms of like, yeah, this is this is how it goes. Like this violence and stuff. Man, this movie opens with like a quote from Mao, like Chairman Mao, <laughs> which is about... uh,
1: unique to our version. Huh? That's like, okay. Have you heard? Like the Mao version is actually considered to be like the most, like the if most it opens complete. with Mao, that is the closest to Sergio's original vision. That's crazy
0: stuff. Like there was just words appearing on screens. Like what? What is this talking about? Like it's a, it's like. Yeah, it, it can't be an embroidery or a painting or anything. Revolution is an inherently violent act or whatever. Yeah, like the and German then, mouth. so this is my like, problem. Like
1: I was sitting down, so there's a problem, so the, the disconnect I have was when, and I think, okay, I think I would prefer going into this movie not knowing it was once called Once Upon a Time Revolution. Oh, uh, okay. Because in my mind, I put those two films of his on a different plane than the man with no name trilogy I, oh, I okay they're my two favorite movies of his i love the once time Upon, time in the west and america they're my two favorite movies of his
0: oh. um or i i'm kind of ambivalent about those so this fit for me i was like, yeah and, yeah sure uh,
1: sure but it just like there's a little bit more of a seriousness to the content of those movies rather than like like there's a greater thing that he's trying to do where the man with no name is kind of just like these adventures with a dude that kind of is like amoral, but gets stuck into a sticky spot, and he has to yeah, get work they're a little
0: they're a little pulpier, I guess. Yeah. you just kind of have this this man with no name. He's gonna play gangs off each other or save the day in some kind of almost superhero. Well, and then
1: this other mo- and then so once upon a time in the West, you have this like uh, corrupt sheriff boss dude in Henry Fonda, who's just despicable, which is kind of yeah. a great performance in and itself. But then you have Robards and uh, uh, what's his face bronson bronson charles bronson whom i think might be his best role because sergio made the point joint of like let's not have him talk
0: you like, don't really talk you just play a harmonica a and it's kind of
1: genius i i love it yeah. but then like to have them play the emotional weight of trying to protect these like settlers these really bad <laughs> italian irish settlers anyways yeah, yeah. man but then, then you, yeah and then you go to the sweepingness of once upon a time in america and just the grandeurness of like how it's so different than the rest of his films. Like, it actually has an American cinematography to it. Like, he actually has a budget. He's working in a studio. He's got a real camera here, and he's doing live audio for the first time. Mm. You're getting some good things there. This movie, if, it, if I just knew it was called Duck, You Sucker, and I was like, in my mind, that's like, oh, okay, this is a sillier movie. And then there's a serious twist at the end. I might have been more turn. Whereas in my brain, I went in being like, oh, this is one of his Once Upon a Time trilogy
0: yeah, does he say that? Like this is the middle. Part I don't know. Of the trilogy? I just
1: when you kind of put it in passing in our conversation, it got okay. cataloged in my brain as like, oh, is this his intention? And then that first hour or so when it was more of the silly stuff before the serious stuff, I was turned off. But then I think that flipped me to not really love the even the serious stuff later. Oh, that's unfortunate. Because
0: yeah, like I'd heard that. I kind of like that title, so I, I throw it around. But it again has three titles. The one I saw was Ducky Sucker on here. That is what the wiki prefers. Uh IMDB prefers Fistful of Dynamite for some reason.
1: Because it's like uh, uh it's the most popular American one. Right like when I was looking at like, a bunch hey, of. Like, we'll
0: allude to those popular trilogies, that's what I mean. When I know. was looking
1: at all the the DVD and VHS covers they always have in there, it's always Fistful of Dynamite. Like it's yeah. just it was this them marketing, yeah, to get the George like the Clint Eastwood movie connection yeah
0: decent marketing notion i suppose but it is a weird fit in this anthology collection i have because it has like the man with no name trilogy yeah and then this movie yeah which is just kind of
1: like do you okay. have the white box too like it's a white box yeah Sergio yeah Iron it's an like,
0: mgm kind of four pack i with... think it's
1: just because that's the only movies because once upon a time is paramount and once upon a time in america sorry in the west is paramount and america is warner brothers so it's like mgm uh... has the four other films so there's like Here's the collection. Eh, just put them all together. Yeah, yeah. Spiff
0: them up. I didn't get a chance to look into disc two or whatever. Like I'm sure I got some nuggets of cool stuff. Yeah. This know, was
1: the but... one where I was like, man, if I could... this collection. And I went online actually after watching this and being like, is there just a man with no name collection? So I don't have to have this movie. Like that's, that's well, harsh, I man.
0: It. I I was really vibing with this movie. I guess this I is sad, and I'm sorry. I, I, I think it's I, really I, good.
1: <laughs> I went in with all like I. This is the movie I brought to it because I was like, oh, this is the one movie of his I've not seen. I want to watch it. I feel bummed. Like yeah. I I genuinely feel bummed that I didn't have a good time watching this movie.
0: Yeah.
1: But I oh, okay. What did you? How did you feel about the music choices that Anya was okay
0: loved the music in this movie okay. like that that's my number one thing about this movie was once once he starts uh really getting weird with it yeah it was just like this this Sean Sean shon, shon, shon yeah. oh, is a geez, super th-
1: you and i are just on a different wavelength i was literally gonna super be like i weird can't choice. stand the Sean shon, yeah. Sean's. oh uh, i'm so sorry this is yeah this could be a yeah, weird podcast it,
0: i thought it gave a lot of interesting melancholic qualities to some of the stuff like uh, the, like okay.
2: This is not we, like we can we can skip L- 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 ahead L- L- to
0: this big moment, I guess. But before we get there, there is a battle scene where James Coburn and Rod Steiger decide to just take out a whole battalion by themselves. <laughs> like they have two chains. So, okay, guns. they've already
1: tried to rob the bank in in Mesa. They Verde. they robbed the bank. Yes, but, but it's they find yeah. out there's nothing in there. They find they're just keeping people prisoner, and then they decide they have to escape and when i guess you're right we
0: we need to talk a little more about this bank thing and i want to do that when this dino okay when When sean is revealed to be this explosives expert to juan he has this moment where he sees like a cartoon graphic appear over james coburn's head that says bank national of mesa verde yeah Cause it's like the key, like the it's the Eureka moment for him. He's the key, like Like, he's the one. This is the key to that heist I've been wanting to pull since I was eight years old. Yeah. When I went into this bank that was just gilded like crazy, it was just loaded with money. It's like this symbol for him of like inequality or something.
1: I totally, I know the scene, and it was, it was so (sighs) good. Wow, what a bold, creative guy. I know, but this is like, but for me. This is still in that earlier phase where it's like, is this a serious movie? Like, is this actually a serious movie here?
0: I mean, is a Tarantino movie a serious movie? No, but I it do It's giving me that kind of balance of like, this is kind of vicious, but kind of
1: involving and yeah. funny
0: sometimes, but also kind of dark, you know, like it was
1: that swirl. I guess, okay, maybe, but for me, like, Tarantino is a great example of like, There's a double, there's a thin, a thin blade of double-edged sword of Tarantino where one side I could be like, I'm having a blast, but I could just as easily tip the other way and be like, this is self-indulgent and terrible.
0: Okay. I I was definitely in the having a blast territory for 80% of this. And that's what I'm saying. Like
1: Tarantino is a great example of like a dude who I can totally vibe with sometimes like Hateful Eight, but then Django chain comes in. I'm like, I'm just not, I don't feel this movie at all. I just, I'm having a tough time with it. So I feel like this is this is the type of moment where I was like, I don't I was trying to understand the tone of the movie. And then when it did go hard later, I was like, but this is a movie where there's literally a cartoon like banner that comes over top of this sequence.
0: Yeah, I I felt it fit the character and I thought it was really neat. So, yeah, I honestly thought they were going to drop the title card on us or something at that moment. I was so thrown by a graphic (laughs) appearing on the screen. I was like, what is this like? we've established the two main characters. Now it's time to tell you the name of the movie or something. But then it's just like, no, this is a story moment for this guy is seeing this like bank inspiration or whatever. Yeah. But okay. So yes, he, he's been wanting to rob this bank forever. Uh, through much cajoling and framing him for killing a bunch of soldiers, (laughs) which is a super underbaked weird scene that apparently makes more sense in the uncut version. Again,
1: Yes. That's what I mean. I'm just, I'm, I sat there watching this scene and being like, Wait, what, what? And then... Wait,
0: yeah. like, yeah. Coburn just wakes up, sees a bottle glowing in front of a light, drinks this water, mm-hmm. and then rigs up a d- big bunch of explosives to, like, kill this family. And then Rod kind of goes, oh, hey, check it this out. And then, like, stomps on the plunger and blows up the building. Yeah. And it's like, who are those people? What just happened? It's like, you just killed a captain in the Mexican army. Looks like you're hanging with us now kind of thing. <laughs> and it, it was super, like what like did i just wake up from a dream like did i miss five <laughs> that's minutes that's what i mean it like, definitely I, feels yeah. weird it yeah. just
1: felt it felt like disorientating from like for as i'm watching this movie being like wait what is happening? i missed a
0: beat yeah i missed a beat yeah i missed a beat maybe two times in this movie and they're both in the first half yes so okay that happens then we get to the town in this herky-jerky way with the the escape scene which i almost felt was just like this scene is fun in isolation. Like, Sergio Leone had a fun idea for how a character could escape a, a situation or whatever, and he does this train trick. Yeah. But it just felt so weird in light of the story because then it, I was questioning, like, all right, why does Juan's family, like, just continue to Mesa Verde then because they lost their keystone? Like, what are they doing? Yeah. And then they they have this whole thing with, like, killing these guards. and yeah. And they're, then introducing another Vilega key or character,
1: whatever. but we don't know he's a key character yet.
0: We get that he's a criminal because he kind of helps them by yeah. pulling a gun on this guard. Also,
1: man, I was like, it's so convenient to have like a a door to every carriage going outside. Is that a common thing?
0: It's dang You shouldn't do that. I, I'm gonna say as <laughs> like because you can just like, movie, like you said, you he can just pulls murder the so many double people. homicide ever, and no one knows. Yeah, you yeah. throw
1: them away, and then they're not gonna know until they come back around. Like like where, where's my co-worker or whatever it's yeah like, oh, we it's won't know bad until system. we're back this way in a week from now so <laughs> like
0: yeah so the, everybody ends up in mesa verde at and it turns out coburn's been hatching this scheme he took it to the next level he's roped in like 40 dudes
1: well he's turned it from <laughs> being like a bank heist to like the way to support the actual revolution that to, over, to yeah. be
0: a part of the revolution yeah because yeah. he knows that it's all political prisoners in the bank now he also has staged this thing where it's like, it was almost like uh, the Die Hard with a Vengeance scheme of mm-hmm. just like we're gonna do things at like four different parts of the city, but our real target is the bank. Uh, but you don't really get a sense of the scope of it because you just <laughs> like you, this team is gonna go do this, this team's gonna go do this, and you don't see any of that. You just you yeah. just see like uh, Juan's squad of well, like, I think his they're family. trying to make an
1: excuse of why they don't have like. Dozens of extras. They just have like the way
0: <laughs> more guards descending on them. It's just yeah. like, no, no, this is this is gonna work out. They do lose a couple people though in this yeah. in this heist. But yeah, there there's the scene where he keeps like shooting open bank vaults and there's just people in there, and yeah. he's kind of gradually getting more disappointed, I guess. Uh but yeah, yeah now he's a hero of the revolution, had no accidental hero of
1: the revolution, which is when that when this happens. It happens another time where he becomes an accidental hero, yeah. And I'm just sitting here, like, "Is this a farce? Like, is this is this? I honestly is feel a that
0: happens in Good, Bad, Ugly, though. Like, I think the sure. man with no name that, accidentally becomes a revolutionary hero too. The ugly just five, yeah. Being but skilled. that is
1: that is the farce of the series part of the movie. Like, he is there for comic relief, period. Yeah. Whereas, like, I just got weird, like Bill Murray and this in the Man Who Knew Too Little vibes, where he just is like accidentally walking into a scene and uh, he's turning into a spy like, I
0: thought it was a TF for some really fun cursing between the two of them though like there's a several times where they just kind of flip each other off or yeah. just like hey I learned one thing from you and then like they drop a like that this this movie uses the f-word like maybe five times mm-hmm. uh, but for 1971 that was still blowing my hair back a bit because this is oh shortly yeah yeah no, or like, whatever wait
1: is this okay? Like they just said the F word. I don't, I don't it's think like, that's a lot Yeah. Of this guys. is
0: like right when it was barely okay. So yeah. I, I thought it was kind of cute to see like some early cursing going on. And it, it's fine. I it kind of, I thought it established a rapport between the two main guys, mm-hmm. like the kind of, I don't know, joshing each other kind of like, oh, for sure. They're definitely building, building each a, other,
1: a camaraderie. I just, I'm not sure the two actors seem like they actually were enjoying being around each other. That's the only thing.
0: Ah, i i was bought in so i i thought it sold yeah. but all right so th- yeah the accidental revolution happens leaving the town now with like hundreds of people uh that they've rescued or whatever they're now mm-hmm. the targets of the Mexican army and they just show like crazy military hardware they're rocking like yeah. tanks and big trucks and everything this is i guess mid 1910s maybe when this is going I on i guess my-
1: 1914 is what i read
0: Okay. So yeah. yeah, some World War 1 technologies st- is starting to exist and this big crew of soldiers is starting to head up the roads after them. And Sean kind of hatches this scheme that I I was sitting there on the couch just being like, "What is he? This sounds terrible. Like the, what a stupid idea." But the way it works out is perfect cuz it's just like we have an elevated position with two heavy weapons. And it's all kind of a farce to just get everybody to hide behind this bridge that we've rigged to blow up. Yeah. So, there, like, the shooting part is almost doesn't matter because it's all just a means to get everybody to, like, duck and hide yeah. in the wrong place, yes. which I thought worked out splendidly. And that was when the movie takes this wild twist. Yes. Where it was just a fist bump moment for this crazy thing. Like these two guys just struck a huge blow to the military. It was like, wow, look at that. Those two guys smoked it. And then the next scene, like the music starts coming in and it's really downbeat. And Rod just looks so like broken. And I was like, what, what is going on? Like what he's saying and how this is being conveyed, like with the music and everything, his whole family's dead. How did that happen? And then like, Sean goes deeper into the caves and you just see like everybody's dead. Like all of the people they sent ahead are massacred somehow. And the somehow is the part I don't like about this. Cause I was like, what, how did this happen? Like they just blew out everybody in the region. Like I saw it happen, but somehow there were some extra Mexican soldiers somewhere and they, they killed everybody, including his dad, including all of his so, sons. This is another,
1: yeah. this is another one of those moments where, so I, I, I knew it. when you said there's a downbeat moment, I was like, yeah, okay, so he's talking about the cave. But I, I sat there being like, wait, how are they dead? Like, what, what happened?
0: How did this happen? So then, like, yeah. I'm
1: not feeling the emotional weight of the scene because I'm sitting there being like, this seems cheap and not earned.
0: It was crazy. It wasn't even that scene. I was saying that scene kicks off, like, 40 minutes of a totally different vibe.
1: Oh sure, yeah, that's how I mean, the it goes. turn. But that's I'm saying the turn that's does the happen. Turn. But I just don't care because I'm sitting there being frustrated that that this turn doesn't seem earned. Like this turn. It was 18. weird. It was a weird turn. Yeah. So, but anyways, I
0: I think I like, like uh, there's kind of explicit stuff with Juan talking to God. Like he does it several times. Yeah, he does. And he has this moment with his sons before their crazy sneak attack, where it's just like. All right, like, in case I don't make it back, I hope God looks after the six of you or whatever and sends them on their way. And then this is his kind of losing faith moment where he rips off his cross from his, Mm -hmm. like, he's been wearing this little cross this whole time, tears it off, and is just so burnt. Like, he, I thought he went off to die because he just walks off screen with a big gun and you just hear gunshots and stuff in the background. And Sean essentially said, like, don't go out there like you're just going to get well then you killed. hear the
1: soldiers say oh no don't kill that one we'll take him alive like
0: okay yeah i i, I was almost surprised to see rod later in the movie no yeah when, the soldiers, i thought he was dead like,
1: when sean when john is standing there just listening you can hear the the fighting happening and then i said like no, no 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 don't like don't kill him we'll yeah. take him alive
0: okay so i guess as good as an invitation as any to talk about this this audio situation yeah I guess there's sort of a – there's a story that, like, Rod Steiger insisted that they film on scene as much as they could, which was frustrating for Sergio. He wanted he does not his like dialogue,
1: dialogue to be live. Like, he wanted yeah. his – like I agree with Rod actors. on that
0: because I think it looks method. way better. Yeah,
1: he's a, he's a bit method. He chose to stay in accent the whole time, and so, like, he – he would be frustrated that he'd have to then go back into his. Method. Oh, I gotta
0: get back in that headspace and re record this later. That's insane. Yeah, which um, I appreciated,
1: which, like, because yeah. you can tell some scenes where he is live, but you can tell there's many scenes where he isn't because other people are in the scene. And you can tell, like, James Coburn, just a, a pro actor who is like, what do you like? Yeah, you just record your lines later. Like, actors turn it on and uh. turn it off.
0: I think it's bad, though. Like, this is this is sort of a, a quibble I have with these movies, Werner's movies from, like, the 80s and stuff. So you talking think about, like, foreign awful. films? Foreign films that are trying to be American or, like, trying yeah. to be in English. Yeah, yeah,
1: like, they're talking Like, you're talking about foreign American films. So, like... Like, like all the spaghetti... Yeah, like... Yeah. Because it's not just... It's not Leon. It's, like... It's, uh... What's-his-face? Like, um... Django. Like, uh... Sergio... Corbucci, Corbucci. Yeah, it's like they are all. It, it,
0: it was sort of a thing at this time, but it just looks so divorced from what I'm seeing on screen a lot well, of the time. Yeah, hundred percent. Like from a sound design perspective, it just it it's pushing me out just a little bit. Sure, it's pushing me out of the universe. Of I'm the sitting there a bit. though.
1: I'm sitting there in a, with the mindset of like, yeah, i a hundred percent understand their problem because on this set they have two English speaking people, and yeah. then everybody else is Italian.
0: Is an Italian, like, character actor acting phonetically, probably. Yes. And then they're, they're And having barely,
1: to... probably, even doing that. And then they get voice actors in to come and match the mouth words to it. And that's also the problem, because then you can't necessarily make the script work, because if the actor doesn't nail the phonetic look of it, it like or it's too short... Yeah. Like, it just it's like a dubbing work.
0: problem. It just looks weird no, sometimes. No, there's definitely yeah. choices
1: to be made that aren't made. That's why I've always enjoyed like that charles bronson type character where it's like we have a sound to identify <laughs> him and, I, and like, I guess yeah even like clint eastwood's character barely talks in his movies like he grimaces and uh, so the fact that this movie does rely way more upon to yeah there's
0: a lot of dialogue between our two principles and then also kind of some of these side characters and the scheming and stuff like, there was that one scene where they're planning this big heist or whatever, and it it's like, oh, this is kind of clever, because we're just going to look at a guy, yeah. and someone is speaking off But even in
1: that that's scene I was thinking of, where the guy's narrating, like, oh, this guy's going to do this, and then he, this guy's going to go over there. This and guy met. with the horrible
0: patchy beard is going to be
1: over here, he, and then he nods. He's not taking breaks between his sentences, because he's rushing his dialogue to get all the to words match out. To the footage. Yeah. 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 So, it's a
0: little wonky, but I, it's at least, hey the people who can't speak aren't going to have to. Yeah, you're right. You're not watching the mouths (laughs) of the people.
1: I'm not going to sit here and defend like not doing live on on on-set audio, but given the limitations of like a smaller market, lower budget films to also then wanting to reach... Like a larger audience, international
0: audience, you need to be a big hit or whatever a profitable venture, yeah. or just
1: to get their names out there. Like Sergio Leone wanted to work in Hollywood, but just wasn't getting opportunities until Once Upon a Time in America. Like, and that was his last film. Like, yeah. So, yeah. and even then, it was like MGM's like, yeah, you can make a movie for us, but you're going to do it in Italy, really cheap, and that's why we, that's how we'll make money, and we'll just send actors to you to be your big stars, but. Like you have to do it your way; you can't do it our method because it's your too way's expensive. Cheap. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to defend it, but at the same time, I'm not going to be like Sergi, you messed up. It's like I think he's just working within the world. He yeah,
0: lived in. it's just unfortunate to see someone with a lot of craft working with these dumb limitations or oh, whatever, because sure. it yeah. kind of makes the whole product but seem a little janky. Yeah, you know? I
1: think for me though, and what I didn't love about this movie is that the other, the previous films in his catalog previous four films, I feel like he took a lot of opportunity to play with like music mixed with like long scenes without talking to build suspense where this movie yeah. kind of like like it was a little too much talking because there was almost no like long shots of suspense happening because it was just like a lot of like setup heist scenes moving into heist talking about how things are gonna work. And so for me it just lacked that sense of like like the things, the tools that Sergio put in his toolbox to work around his limitations were missing from this movie because it was just a different type of movie generally.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh like that early scene where it's juggling between all the rich people and zooming in on their mouths and their like just yeah, and the chewing and stuff like that. And stuff. Yeah. But
1: even but even that scene was weird because what their chewing sounds weren't necessarily matching the mouth sounds I, that we were getting at straight shot i
0: kind of i felt that kind of whipped up into like this because it was echoing audio and stuff too like the the one guy basically says the same same thing like six times like it's it's just kind of a cacophony of hate is sort of yeah
1: and he you're right he is doing some fun things i just it's yeah I, i just think that he made a different type of movie that doesn't necessarily work with the Around, the, like, he found workarounds with his limitations by having a silent yeah. protagonist moving through towns and having a lot of scuffling feet and a lot of long, like, music notes and f- gunfight scenes. Like, this scene, this movie didn't really have those. It's more like jokey, like, sometimes slapstick. A lot of scenes are people talking to each other and getting key plot points across.
0: Yeah. I, I didn't really get much of like there, there was early on a sort of slapsticky vibe to them meeting, like the kind of duck you, the first duck you sucker line, and him sure. like blowing up, a ho- blows a hole in their carriage to retaliate for them damaging his motorcycle. Yeah. And then they destroy his motorcycle, so he <laughs> blows up the whole thing. Yes. I thought it was pretty funny. Like I was, I was into that like escalation jibe j- 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 yeah, sort of thing.
1: Yeah, sure. I, I, again, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying, I just saying like it was matching. I was just not – I was taken out of it because it wasn't the movie I was expecting to unfold in front of me. Um, okay.
0: I, yeah. th- that 40-minute section, though, after – I'm, I'm guessing 40 minutes. It, it's just a guess. But th- there's that kind of sequence where the betrayals and then Sean is reflecting back on when he was betrayed in the IRA. Yeah. And that kind of stuff I felt was like grim and melancholic in a way but also kind of like the music was such an odd – like happy sad yeah i
1: i enjoyed the irish scenes like ireland scenes pretty well and i didn't mind the shown showns in those sequences but it was when the yeah we we jumped back to the old west and we got zero like more cone old west sounds like it was just
0: there was some of like odd choices he was doing like there's a sort of whipping sound or something he's using in some of them like like that's just in there occasionally sure. I started doing it on the couch and my cat was freaked out so I stopped doing it but it was you know just an odd audio bit there's a scene with like the train full of bad guys like the the commandant or whoever that is that was kind of at the hand like at the is is sort of the villain I guess like the, the guy yeah the sucking guy
1: the one the one kills and steals his treasure type of thing right you talking about Uh, the end guy like the 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 severe
0: faced kind of egg sucking guy yeah yeah. when when they're on the train there's almost like a little musical thing that reminded me of the Untouchables score like with that main hitman guy he kind of has this little theme Mm -hmm. uh that plays there was almost like train sound effects incorporated into the score of just this kind of dinging it was interesting sure and i mean like there's there's little things he's doing yeah Yeah.
1: morcon's known for like characters getting a little theme sound to signify sure. when they're on screen so yeah i'm i just it just wasn't clicking I, and for i guess me.
0: just coburn's theme is the sean sean shon, shans shon, and you get a lot of that you get I a lot of that, 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 which that I, yeah again
1: i didn't mind in those specific sequences i just found some of those sequences i i enjoyed i enjoyed those sequences when they were revealing more about his character and when it wasn't just coburn sticking his tongue down a lady's throat in slow motion <laughs> in front of me
0: those, those were weird. It made me really wonder what the nature of that trio was. Yeah. Uh, well, Especially end. at
1: the end. Like, the end became was really weird. But in the earlier yeah. parts, it was just like, you're just being a dick. Of course this guy betrayed you because all you would do is <laughs> hang out with your girlfriend, make out with him, and oh, then he just sat there. It's so
0: it's so over the top, like it's it's like this gilded memory of just. Oh like yeah, I think he
1: did that on this, purpose. This sun he's, soaked yeah. day, they went on it's a it's picnic soft, in a car. It's soft yeah. lighting, like it was. It, it almost had that soap opera effect to it. Um, yeah, no, it's I think something that,
0: like the nature of his memory. Like this is his happiest memory ever. Was this day he spent making out with this lady and this guy was there.
1: <laughs> like it's just this weird trip. But no, I, I guarantee it is one hundred percent. Like yeah. he is trying to show you, like it is a fond memory, so he's just having all the rose-colored glasses of that scene. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I just those were the sequence, and that's what we got into. But then once we kind of got into the pub and the reveal and why he does the things he does, that's yeah. where I was like, oh, okay, I'm starting to get behind this character, and I, I, I want him to be the main character. But we just keep going back to Juan too many times and that's where my struggle is that's where i
0: disagree i feel that latter half fully switches to him being the sympathetic perspective that you're getting because like it's like the first half is Juan trying to convince this wild card like explosives expert to join their crew and he's sort of this like too cool for school like you know long jacket explosives guy But then in the second half, like when it's that scene where it's him seeing the firing squads and like the who betrayed them and everything Mm -hmm. like that kind of moment. I feel that's when he becomes the guy and Juan is just burnt out and depressed and has lost everything because his family's dead. He's dead like he's broken and that moment when Coburn gives him the gun to get revenge on, like, the president or whatever, like, the governor, whoever mm-hmm. that was, the guy on the posters. Yeah. Like, that was sort of him encouraging his new friend to, like, do anything. Like, to be have something to do with his life past sure. that point, right? Okay. So yeah. No, I'll give this to you. Yeah. I, I, think, I felt but... he became kind of the... The focal point for the latter last bit, for sure, and that that kind of teasing it with the flashbacks, like he's the only guy we get that with, and yeah, story. You're right.
1: No, I I, so I, I, I see better with me. what you mean. I just uh, so okay. What else do you want to say? Because I I want to have a comment. Uh, this there's part of this that deals with me with it being like the last few moments of this movie.
0: Yeah, you can spoil anything at this point. Okay. I, we can. So the last few moments,
1: something. James Coburn's character, John. He passes like he gets killed. He gets, he gets shot. shot in action.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then the last shot is this like, I couldn't tell what they were going for. Rob Steiger looks like he is like doing this. Like he's supposed to be sad, but he doesn't know how to act. And then you do a freeze frame and then duck you sucker comes out of his mouth essentially and shoots onto screen. And I just felt like this is just not working for me. Like after this more emotional beat, yeah it just like he I whispers he's something
0: confused and lost again or whatever yeah i know he but says just, what about me he yeah, kind of just says, has this me? like
1: but he has this like rodney Dangerfield look in his eyes that i just wasn't going like it wasn't working for me like it just he kind of right. seemed like this bumbling buffoon accidental revolutionary hero dude who yes his family all died but i don't i didn't care because i just didn't think rod made me care is really what i'm saying oh to man say. I,
0: so, I I liked Rod. I I thought he was pretty good. He was honestly on my list of like runner up people for sure. For the for so, the yeah for the whole okay. thing. Yeah, I thought he was really good. Uh, so, so yeah, we just didn't didn't perceive him the same way. I guess no. Yeah, we did not we uh, did not watch because I've seen him play a way more miserable sad sack in the Pawnbroker. Like that guy is burnt.
1: Like sure, I, I, it's that's a survival skill like, movie. I don't. Yeah. I almost maybe want that because I just kind of gotta. Like, maybe it was just because his brown skin made his eyes more white and then pop more, so I was paying attention to that more. I don't know. I mm-hmm. just it, it felt, like, buffoonish more to me than it was, like, like a real person would. Oh,
0: I, I don't know. I, so. I honestly just sympathized with him as, like, this is the struggle of the poor or something. Like, even that, that first scene really dug deep into, like, yeah, these people are just rich assholes. Like, mm-hmm. f- screw all of them. You know, yeah. like I I felt that's fine. I wasn't even that mad at him for his horrible sex crime. Cause I was like, yeah, these people are terrible. Like, yeah, are I, I, I I was
1: I, I think. Yeah, I think that scene. I didn't mind that scene at all. And then all of a sudden that scene happened. And I was like, oh, I don't think I I don't think I can like this guy.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's a it's a stiff drink at the front for that character. But I, I was sort of interested in his like it's sort of ruminating on just like the escalations of revolution and how you can't like it's just going to be violent and you can't win like there's nothing you can do i felt that was the 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 way those two scenes partnered for me made that work with like we just had this big victory it was crazy it was against all odds we blew up all these dudes but our entire family was killed like, yeah, like I, they tick for they tit for tat at us and so i think the thing that frustrates you know, me
1: i just don't think juan Actually cares about the revolution. Like I think he's just trying to. No, no. Cuba.
0: He he says that he only cares about his family. Like he doesn't care about his country.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, so like this, he so lost
0: everything he cared about.
1: Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I just don't think like when he's when it becomes this narrative about the revolution, one of our characters doesn't care about the revolution in the slightest. He's just there to become rich and to. Yeah. Like. So that's what I mean. So I just. I guess I'm seeing... Like, no, but
0: I, I think this movie thinks the revolution is sort of noble but folly. Like, there's nothing... It's it's like, you want that. You want to tip it over. But he says that when he's like... Like, he makes Coburn throw his book away. When he's like just like, yeah, it's like rich, educated people that can read. Tell poor people that can't what to do. And then it's their blood. Like, they're the ones that die. Mm-hmm. So it's built on the back of like the lowest is how hmm. this happens. is for societal change or whatever. I think it struck a note with me. Cause like, I don't know, past couple years have been real bad and it's like easy to glare up at the gilded towers and want to tear them down right now. Like if you sure. buy Twitter or something, you kind of want to, <laughs> you know, get after that guy a little bit, but what's that going to lead to, you know, like blow up should, his should Mars we talk Rovers? About
1: Twitter Cause it might, it might date when we film this podcast because who knows what this episode I, I've, I've comes already
0: like. alluded to it. We've migrated off of it, by the way. Okay, good. Uh, I, I, I was going to ask the because app, the last time – We still have an account. Yeah. Well, the last
1: time that you and I chatted, you made a joke about Twitter being like, if it still exists. But I was like, within that week, I was like, maybe we shouldn't exist on Twitter because it's getting yeah. really bad.
0: So, it, I, yeah, it's gotten so bad that, yes, we've migrated out of the toxic wasteland that is Elon Musk's fantasy world. And, uh, Gone yeah, to Tumblr. You, you know, what Tumblr? Tumblr, we're going to go to Tumblr now. I'm not on Tumblr, I'm on two weird new ones that I'll talk about at the end of the show. Okay, anyway, okay. <laughs> you know, get a little I, I smack of that. Man, you want that revolution, just like, but it's going to give I'm happy
1: you enjoyed this movie. I am. I, I want somebody to like these movies i want someone to, i want good things for suju it just to this week today the other day when i watched it just nothing it just wasn't hitting for me there were some okay. things I, I liked about it but it just wasn't wasn't hitting for me and i was i'm bummed That's yeah, a it. shame yeah
0: yeah because I, I i thought it had two good leads i thought it had a kind of interesting story but it's a little janky. Like you see the deleted remnants here and there kind of hurting some of the flow. Yeah. Uh, but that and the audio were kind of my big quibbles with it. But overall, I thought it was occasionally hitting like a really high mark. So yeah, Yeah. but okay. So what, what's the, okay. So you get that revenge moment, like, uh, the pistol with the, the bag of money and everything. It was like that moment really worked for rod for me. Cause I was just like, this guy's stupid screwed like he's there's no way he gets out of this because he can't he mm-hmm. he robbed this man of all of his stuff like his family's dead he's gonna shoot him like there's no way he's not gonna shoot him oh 100 well especially and he's his, bargaining his, and everything and yeah, the his deal he, is
1: like hey don't kill me and i'll give you some of this money it's like or kill I'll him. I'll give you and all this money, all like whatever. It. <laughs> and it's just
0: like, wow, you're like insulting him right now. Yeah. Like this is this is like throwing salt in the wound of like what? How much are my children worth? Like I was basically hearing dialogue in my head that wasn't on screen. So There's sure. just like he. There's no way. Like he he is so deep in ish. Like he's done. And then yeah. he does ultimately shoot him at the end of that scene once he makes a play to escape or whatever. But I felt that scene had some of that like Leone tension to me of like a standoff or something of it's sure. just like this is that this is so done like that guy is roasted like he <laughs> yeah. he wandered into the wrong train car kind of thing yeah. and it's it's kind of a happenstance thing but i i thought that scene was good uh and then yeah that's earlier there's a there's a beat where like he's on he's at the firing wall juan is is about to die mm-hmm. and it's like he hears duck you sucker in his head i want to no, say I think, says, no I think he says i think he
1: actually says duck you sucker because he whistles but he rides he in that on whistle. a motorcycle yeah he hears that whistle the, the, he that he does Jane, hear whistling yeah yeah and then he hears duck you sucker and then he ducks
0: I, I felt that couldn't be real, though. That's the thing I'm giving it. I'm saying it's- Sure, I, I
1: mean, there is- I mean, Nathan, never in my life have I had, like, a an animated picture thing over my head. It's not a-
0: No, no, that's what I mean. It's like that. It's a slightly surreal, like, I guess inclination. So.
1: so he just timed yeah. it perfectly.
0: Well, he heard the whistling. The whistling was the real signal. Okay. And then he knows what that means, and that's gotcha. what he So the
1: audience about. is being told- Ducky Sucker is the cue. It
0: is like the kind of key clicking in his head. Oh, I see. I'm about to be saved. I was like, this is either Rod Steiger dies right here or James Coburn's going to save him in a crazy way. And then he does. Yeah. Yeah. So blows up the firing squad, rides in on his motorcycle and they flee. Yeah. 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 And that you get kind of this like silent antagonist with that military guy. Like he never really says anything. He just looks intense and wears like a, a, you know. A, an te, like a commander hat or something. So like, well, oh, and yeah, and,
1: and eats, and eating raw eggs, like from, yeah, the... who would eat an egg like that? That yeah. guy's crazy. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't know. A lot, a lot of this was, was clicking. So good. What a great movie. Anyway,
1: <laughs> no, uh... I, I, I am happy it worked for you. I don't necessarily want to rag on this movie. I mean, I was a little more bummed <laughs> with, uh, definitely was more bummed with Young Guns. Because I just was like, you were having such a good time. And I was like, oh, I really do kind of want to write on this movie. That, that's like a
0: dopey fun time. I honestly wrote like a mini script in my brain about how I'm going to justify my MVP in a completely different way. Because it's like, <laughs> this is next level compared to that. Like, that was goofy. Oh, nothing. no, no, that's what I
1: mean. I don't want to be mean to this movie because I like the people involved. I like the director. Like, I love Sergio. So I just, I don't want to not like this movie. Yeah. It just wasn't working for me is the thing, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which is fine, It definitely cause... was like 20 minutes longer than I thought it was going to be when I sat down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was yeah, like, yeah, you gave wow, me text like, I timed oh, that It's going to be a tight,
1: tight, tight night tonight. And I'm like, oh, okay. No, yeah, it's a two and a half hour movie, so. Um, yeah. No, I, yeah, I was fully prepared because it was post, uh, post, like, both Good, the Bad, the Ugly and Once Upon a Time in America. So I was like, oh, yeah, a light movie from Sergio Now is now 2.30, like that's airy, mm-hmm. that's like breezy for him now.
0: Once once upon a time in the West, yeah, and then he's moving yeah. towards his biggest punch of like. Clock well, because the West is crunching. three hours,
1: and Good, Bad, and the Ugly is like two hours and forty five minutes. So it's this pretty is like, hefty. This is breezy. This is a breezy like a this is breezy two thirty
0: seven. Yeah, like, whatever. Easy. That's so. it's nothing. Yeah. Uh, I guess last thing is the the final moment between the two. Uh, I I was a bit surprised that Coburn was the one that got shot. I thought it was going to mm-hmm. be Steiger. There's a there's a moment prior where he kind of smiles a little too long and is not paying attention to the battle. I thought he was going to catch one right there. Uh, no, and I, then, I also was kind of yeah.
1: that was another part that bummed me because I was like, oh, all right, because I would have killed Rutz Steiger like I would. I
0: know, but I think it's it's more tragic that, like, a oh, sure. better character was killed. No, 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 that's what I'm saying. Like, I know, you know
1: the reasons why they did it. I think I still would have sat there and probably still killed, like...
0: But he... But that character's out of anything, you know? So mm-hmm. it's worse that he's left with nothing at all. He doesn't even have a new friend. Sure. Uh, Like, what's that guy gonna do in America? I know. So I, I thought it left it in a fun, like, darker place than I was expecting. And then You Sucker uh,
1: happens, and it just... It's such a silly title. So it's just title. the title of the movie. Like not I know, but it's such it. a silly title. It's for a goofy
0: me. title. That's what I'm saying. If Once Upon a Time Revolution appeared, it would at least make more sense. I guess to me. so. Uh, yeah. Because it's okay. about the revolutions. Yes. And what yeah. they do to, like you know, society. I guess it had sure. a, it had some interesting ruminations about revolutions to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah we didn't even talk about the birdcage scene. He tries to take a nap under a birdcage, gets a bunch of crap on his head. (laughs) That was good stuff. The chicken was making a lot of sounds and then Coburn tries to like settle down, but then ultimately just kills it, (laughs) which was screwed up. I was just like, yeah, you know, you can try the gentle hand, but it's just a violent situation. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. These things were resonating, but okay. He, he's been shot. He was shot by that treacherous commandant guy. Uh, I guess it's not treacherous. He's doing his job, but I don't like him. Uh Coburn's dying and they have this kind of final cigarette moment and like uh Juan is trying to keep him awake and be like, No, no, you're telling me about America, we're gonna go to America, it's gonna be awesome. And it's just yeah. like, Yeah, bro, that's that's right, it's gonna be great. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like gets a cigarette. Uh, Juan goes to get help. And actually before that, the moment that really it worked for me in a way I wasn't expecting. I didn't think this token mattered to me, but when he gave him his necklace back with the cross on it, I thought that was a really great thing. I was not expecting that he saved it for him. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. I don't, it just felt like a meaningful gesture from this, like too school for cool character, you know? Yeah. I, I, that really hit. And then he blows himself up. Yes. (laughs) Like it's, it's just this crazy manly death that Coburn gets at the end of that movie. Uh, After this kind of weird, like, for him, tender moment, I thought it worked really great. Like, yeah. This kind of weird friendship dynamic gets shattered by revolution mm-hmm. and credits. Yes, the title of the movie is super silly, but... I don't know. I don't know yeah. why that was Sergio's choice. Like, no. he wanted to call it Duck, You Asshole, but he according also, to okay. Coburn.
1: But it wasn't really, like, he also wasn't going to direct this movie. Like, he almost didn't direct this movie.
0: He almost didn't direct it, but the stars wouldn't work with his assistant, right? Yes. Carlo. Yeah. And there's
1: a part of me that wonders, like, oh, how, like, was he, like. Phoning it in a little, or. I got a little bit of that sense, because there's some shots where I was like. It's like Where's Jackson's the Jackson's Hobbit
0: doesn't really care
1: yeah i don't know i don't know i'm just saying like there's a part of me that's just like i don't like i when i read when i was watching it and i was like oh and then i read like oh he wasn't gonna film and his assistant was, was gonna be his director debut and i was like interesting okay
0: yeah i mean it's a little it's a little i don't know like i get why it's overshadowed a lot it doesn't have the same punch as a lot of his stuff but i i felt it overall has like two two big personalities at the center of it it's about their relationship in this weird way and the way it kind of pivoted around that center point was interesting to me sure so i overall thought it was thought it was pretty great sure so thanks sergio (laughs) yeah uh but okay let's uh go to mvps yeah and you uh, did the summary so it's movie. my i'll start off you get to kick it off yeah uh
1: yeah and for me it was james coburn is the uh is my mvp um okay mainly i uh, mean because i think just like he is a he's a solid actor's actor like in that sense of like he can put a charm on like he puts that smile on he can become charming he knows when to be serious he knows when to be romantic he definitely was like enjoying kissing that girl like there's like I saw it not happening <laughs> Yeah, and 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 then when I just read about I don't know, there's a part of me that's really become anti-method acting as I've gotten older. As like when I keep like hearing about actors become method, and then I hear stories of other actors that I I respect just as much being like, oh, method's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like just go home and be with your family. Like like when the camera yeah. gets called cut, your job is to lie. Acting is lying, so why a good actor yeah. knows how to lie well. So I'm just sitting here being like, oh, James Coburn. Like, he's not a method actor. He's a dude who just like he turns it on and turns it off. He can do that. Whereas like when I hear, and yeah, he still he still looks super cool when he needs to. And yeah, like but then and then he does carry those scenes. But then Rod Steiger wasn't working for me, and to find out that he was method, I was like, it didn't add anything for me. So oh,
0: you can see it, man. You can see it in his eyes. That's what I mean. So I'm just sitting there being like,
1: yeah. So I appreciate (laughs) that James Coburn kind of just comes from this old school because he was also like at that point. The veteran actor on the group i know rod is his contemporary like age wise yeah but, uh, but rod was still relatively newer james was like the star of this film like mm-hmm. the bigger star um who'd work with the really greats. he was like he'd been I... working with the greats at that point he'd already worked with like i think he worked with howard hawks and john ford
0: oh okay I, I, just, I, again, that Oscar looms large in my head and he was also nominated for the movie. I kept talking about
1: the, oh, sure, I, I mean, and again, yeah, like he definitely like, so in, like, won an Oscar, circles. but yeah. like, I don't know, like he was also an on the waterfront, but he's like not Merlin Brando. I think he was
0: nominated in that though too. Almost sure. everybody was.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, there's a part of me that's like, I, Okay. James Coburn's a name that I knew most of my life. And I did not know Rod Steiger until I became like knowing about film.
0: Yeah. he kind of had his time in the, in that era. Uh, I don't know that he transcended in quite the same way. Like he's so definitely are, like, not at the Rod end. Rod is definitely the star smiling. of this film,
1: but like yeah. James is like the more ever present figure through Hollywood. Cause like, I mean, he worked with, he worked on some pretty, like, not just like, like none of the, like yes, he's never really won an Oscar, but he always worked on big movies. Like his big movies are like Charade, The Great Escape, The Magnificent Seven. Like he's worked in. I thought in he big...
0: might have actually for was he in Affliction? I'll cut this if I'm wrong. Okay.
1: <laughs> oh, have you seen how IMDB organizes things? Yeah,
0: now? he he did win an Oscar for supporting for Affliction. Okay. So have eventually seen... he got there. Yeah. Have you
1: seen how IMDB reco- like so like section awesome things now? You have to click on this like actor and then because it doesn't do the subcategory anymore it's oh, frustrating
0: like you can oh, oh i want to see uh self appearances so whenever he was on a talk no show, it's like when you that? click
1: on filmography it shows you everything right off the bat oh and then you have to go yeah. to the top and click on actor or writer or director to see just those so there's no like you click on filmography and then you click on actor and then you see all the actors it's like right off the bat you see all of his credits
0: oh weird Anyways.
1: okay it was yeah. he's just like a long-standing no, Western no, like, actor. I,
0: yeah, I'm not. I'm not like I. I was kind of questioning his Irish accent, but turns out he is part Irish, so I was okay. But I was like, oh, I don't know about this accent, dude. Kind of putting it on, but all right. But yeah, yeah I, I did. I enjoyed the kind of silent moment with the betrayal, uh, as well. Like that kind of stare through the mirror and everything. Sure, he's he's got
1: presence for that for sure. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, yeah, that's so James Coburn gets my my pick for this week.
0: All right. So for me, I went with Ennio Marie just killing it with the Sean, Sean, Sean's. What a great, what a great idea. No, honestly, like throughout the movie, I kept trying to think of someone else. Cause I was just like, yeah, I keep choosing music. People, uh, it feels lazy, but he really was elevating those scenes in the rain for me. Like the big betrayal scene I thought was like, or even that cave moment. It it's like almost nothing is happening. We're just sitting here looking at two dudes standing there, but like the music is giving this any sort of character and tone, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, it was really elevating all of that stuff for me. Uh, Weird choices in there, but I kind of like that. That's it's certainly distinct. Never heard that before. (laughs) Uh, So (laughs) Uh, yeah. And, I, I, I generally like him quite a bit. Like, I have some stuff from his Untouchables score on, like, just a playlist I like to listen he, to.
1: He uh, is prolific, huh? Oh, like
0: yeah.
1: I For his little, like, he... For every, like, Hollywood film, he has, like, 30 projects he's worked on from other parts of the world. <laughs> yeah. And no, his he's, Hollywood, he's his Hollywood music, output man. is not as prestigious as I thought it was. Like, he has worked on some truly dubious films the mission i know it's so boring jeremy no, irons who no. cares disclosure
0: oh okay that was a hit though that was, that a, big was movie.
1: a hit you're right definitely it is no, certainly you know, Nathan, aged that's all yeah. we need to say about disclosure is that it was a hit
0: big hit movie the audience of the 90s loved
1: it yeah what does I, that say i don't know i i, I kind of love bunch.
0: going back to those like carbon date movies that are just like wow this was just a this was just funny back then, huh? Or whatever? Yeah, like he worked that... on, like,
1: oh yeah, he worked on U Turn. He worked on Lolita, like the Jeremy Irons remake. Yeah. And Jeremy he did Irons like again. Bullworth. Mission to Mars. That was the other big one that I was just like, that's Oof. weird. Wow. <laughs> uh, his 90s output is kind of like, it's rough. It's, it's, there's rough is U-turn stuff. It is U Turn Oliver
0: Stone? Yeah. Is that? Yeah, okay. Is. Yeah, I've never checked that out. Uh, but... He did do a
1: Nicolas Cage movie called Time to Kill which is an italian film so i've always been like interested in this it's hard to find a copy of it but okay yeah and I, you know i don't like the untouchables is not one of my peak movies so that's not ever he also read the Sonya.
0: score though i'm gonna say Can't I, sure
1: I, I just need to watch it again and pay <laughs> attention to that score so I,
0: he does, yeah he does very like broad character themes like it's al capone's theme i'm kind of talking about yeah. and here yeah you get like sean's theme or whatever i think i think what i find neat about reading the trivia though is it's like that v- audio choice to do the sean 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 over and over again made such an impression on like the story that's like so that guy's name is sean like the guy that yeah. portrayed him It's like that doesn't say that anywhere in the movie you just kind of mentally link that to the emotions in the score and come yeah. up with a fanfic for yourself leaving. It's like never said that. That guy's name is Nolan. There's no reason to believe that. But it it made an impression. I, I thought it was I thought it was definitely boosting this movie. So good job, Anio. Yeah. Alright, so that's the MVPs. I have a nepotism update. <laughs> uh upon further reflection, I want to nominate Laura Dern as a stellar entry in yeah, that category cool. i forgot about her in the moment
1: are you uh what is both your opinion parents, generally on you know? bruce though
0: i i feel there's a key movie in his 70s time frame that i didn't see that's supposed to make him cooler than anything so i don't <laughs> know enough about bruce okay because uh, there's that
1: one there's that one movie from recent years that alexander payne movie that everyone's like oh that's it that's the one nebraska
0: yeah yeah nebraska. it's okay. okay it was it was all right He wanted to drive that truck, man, and he did. Uh, And then her her mom is uh, Diane Ladd, I want to say. Oh, I did uh, not know that. Yeah, like she's in Enlightened with her. I got to make sure I get this right, actually. It's a podcast I can edit. Or is
1: it Andrea Beckett?
0: No, because she's in uh, Wild at Heart. Like she she was active with her mom yeah Ram- yeah rambling rose yeah 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 so diane Ladd as well which is so double Neptune what really. is the movie but in the despite 70s that
1: is it the cowboys i'm not talking about the cowboys right
0: no With- no <sighs> forcing me to provide receipts right here
1: well no i'm just interested because he wasn't in it the inspired cowboys. drive
0: like it's basically the real drive from the 70s oh
1: okay uh... is it the driver hey that's a good guess <laughs> A getaway driver right. becomes this latest assignment for a tenacious detective?
0: Yeah, because him and, like, the characters the de- don't... It's Walter Hill, so let's give him credit. Yeah. Uh, but it, it is characters that aren't even named. Like, they
1: are just... Yeah, the driver, the detective. The exactly. Uh, but the reviews are aren't amazing, though.
0: It It's liked by a select group, okay? Oh, okay. Like, it, it's got that clout about it. In, okay. in, in, it's sort of like Vanishing Point, yeah, where Roger I thought that it, movie was
1: Dullsville. Yeah, Roger gave it two and a half out of four, so he thought it was just okay. But maybe he was wrong. Sure. Uh, as Anyways, sometimes is. Uh, Brewster update. Okay, yeah, Laura Dern. I love. I do love Laura Dern, so I'm 100% on board with this. As yeah, an idea. I think she, she. She. She's great. She was the best. Did she part earn her away?
0: I don't know, but she justified it after the fact. So
1: I love Jeff Goldblum, but Laura Dern was the best part of like the original Jurassic Park cast returning in the sixth movie.
0: Ellie is pretty great.
1: Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, okay.
0: Oh, question time. time. I didn't actually put the word question on this page. That's very confusing. (laughs) How do you feel about actors being in big ad campaigns? Does it help or hurt your appraisal of them? And also, does it work on you? Do you see, like, George Clooney sipping that Nespresso and you go, dude, I got to get that. Look Uh, at how happy he is.
1: Okay, if I was to sit here and say an answer, I'd probably say, like, my logic brain says it doesn't matter to me.
0: Doesn't affect me. Doesn't I'm mean no, 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 to no, no. advertising.
1: Doesn't affect me. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I don't yeah, care. I That's
0: what I'm saying, Joe. Yeah.
1: Me. What I'm saying is I don't care. But at the end of the day, I know that there's times where a celebrity is maybe not care about something because they were hawking it at me. Oh,
0: okay. okay. Like, like whenever Aaron Paul appears to tell you about sports books or whatever. You're no, like, no, oh. it, it is
1: that George. Like you just said, Nespresso. And I was like, oh yeah, I don't care about Nespresso at all. And yeah, I think it's not really who I think
0: of for coffee. So. But it's
1: also like BMW when they did like those – when when they try to like pander to me. Like remember when BMW made those like uh, short films with Clive Owen, The Driver or whatever it was. Like, yeah,
0: those were getting like tossed about a bit at me because uh, I think some big directors worked on it. Too. Yeah. Tony Scott
1: maybe? Yeah, I think on one of them. I
0: think yeah, Soderbergh Joe had Carnahan one. maybe. Anyways, like those I, I remember guys. just
1: being like, oh, I don't – okay, I don't care. Like actually like stop. Stop this. Stop. I don't care.
0: Don't do this. Stop it. You know what? And I was like
1: in my brain, he's like, you know what works better BMW? It's when you show up in the James Bond movie and I'm watching you like remote control. I'm like, that's what I want. I don't even really
0: think about it, but that cool car doing that cool stuff is a product. So, yeah, that's what
1: I mean. Or Ronin, like all the BMW chase scenes. I'm like, oh, this, this makes me want to buy your car. Not you making commercials like these things. Like just do better jobs. (laughs) Like fake action movies. (laughs) Like that's somehow missing it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, but I honestly, at the end of the day, like I don't care because the question for me and then when I saw it in the, in the notes, my natural question to you would be like, well, does a sports athlete hawking any sports gear at you matter to you? Oh man. Because it's the exact same in my mind.
0: I mean, I bought Trey Young shoes, but he so, didn't yes. have to
1: hawk them. No, no no but, no, but i'm saying like oh him. but he did because his name's on it but he... his
0: name being on it made me go wow these shoes are even cooler
1: exactly I'm get them. so i'm saying yes so it does matter work on you though is what i'm trying to say like i
0: hey stop insulting me what are you doing <laughs> I'm like, not saying am, it's a bad thing. i'm not because saying it's I'm a bad say thing the thing i'm really talking about here is like the weird way john ham sold out <laughs> that's bumming me out right oh, with now with the skip the dishes all sorts of stuff, cause I I like Madman a lot. I think it's it's a great show. Yeah. Uh and his whole thing in that though is he's like this slick ad guy, right? He's great <laughs> yeah. at pitching Kodak and whatever. Uh but when that transcended the show and just became John Ham is unironically actually selling stuff to me on my TV,
1: it bummed me out. But in like, a way, it's sort of like I can only think of his skip, the character. I can only you know? skip think of his skip commercials.
0: He did he did skip ones, but he's also in a progressive insurance insurance one. And at the same time, he's he's a major part of the Qatar World Cup ad campaign. Oh, that's so there was a time when I sat down and saw him like twice during one ad break in totally different product pitches. It's yeah. like Shack or something at this point where it's just like, you gotta get this printer. You gotta eat this pizza. It's like, all right thanks Shaq but Shaq is always kind of just a larger than life goofball who played sure. basketball like 30 years ago that's fine yeah John Hamm is now actually an ad man which is meh I don't like that so I don't, I don't that
1: okay I'll say this how, how can I best describe this when I see an actor commit to like a company though and you see a series of ads so you remember the like you might not like these ads and there's a couple examples but the one i'm going to give you is like the justin long apple versus pc ads
0: oh sure the that's fine actually that that was that classic. was like over
1: years that they did that and he was like in all of them and they that's what i'm trying to say it's like
0: i don't i don't know how that impressed upon my perception of justin long though like i was still able to dig him in barbarian and like but i knew who
1: justin long was when he was in those commercials like i didn't he was, was the other guy. actor. The oh, other the PC guy, guy was Creepers. the one that became bigger later, but Justin Long was already a face I knew watching yeah. those commercials. So, yeah. but I didn't sit there being like, cause I kind of appreciated that they, that it was like a long term, like right now. So the character Winston from uh new girl, Lamorne Morris is in all those BMO commercials. He's like at a desk and he rides in on a desk and says something snarky. To people about saving, and then they're like, "What are you doing here?" Blah blah blah. And he's been in these for okay. years now. There's a part of me that's like, "Oh yeah, he's just part of a bigger ad campaign, and he's like committed to it." But like a one-off, like, "Oh, we look, we got a celebrity to do one commercial." I'm like, "Oh, I don't care." Like that's yeah,
0: it's like a Super Bowl thing, or it's like, "Oh, Will Ferrell's in something." Like he's yeah. been in a bunch of ads for for the Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. but I don't remember like, like that doesn't it's impress like a larger my memory.
1: If you if it becomes like a larger campaign where like.
0: The face of like some insurance company is this actor, yeah. I, of, and, and they're making you
1: know, halfway decent commercials. That I'm like not upset about that. It's not necessarily, like, I'm never going to go to BMO because I hate BMO, but I'm like not going to be upset that that commercial comes on my TV. Like, you know, what can I mean? you
0: still watch The New Girl now? Yeah, I, it, I love Winston, it like Winston's it my weird.
1: favorite one of my favorite. No, 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 it doesn't bug me at all. Um, all right, but I'm saying I, guess like, I, I understand what you're back saying, to Mad Men since but I like my issue. I don't, I mean, I haven't seen the Progressive commercial or the uh, Qatar commercial, but I like his Skip the Dishes commercial because they're very Canadiana joking because Skip is a Canadian company and he's making Canadiana content and I'm like, oh, I kind of like this because it's like for us. Like it's not something you would see in the States and it's like, like you remember those jokes when we were kids, like (laughs) Simpsons kind of nailed this with like. Like, celebrities would go to Japan to do commercials, and we'd always see one every now and again. Matt Damon was, like, hawking soap in Japan. Man,
0: when I was over there seven years ago, there was a fantastic ad campaign where it was just Tommy Lee Jones looking extremely serious <laughs> off in looking into the distance, and then this the word boss, and that is a iced coffee drink. And since I was there in 2015... <laughs> We buy those whenever we can
1: because <laughs> so, what a great like, thing! Like this is this is great because yeah. we on this side of the world have no idea about that ad campaign. So there's mm-hmm. something special to me about John Hamm being like when you said John Hamm, I'm like, oh yeah, Canadians would see him Canada's as Canada's favorite because he would <laughs> be the Skip guy. Yeah. He's in a whole series of Skip ads, but I, yeah. like, I'm for that. But you're right, like hawking one-off commercials as like a throwaway thing that does suck. I like the. I mean,
0: the George Clooney thing, like, he is the Nespresso guy right. and has been for years. Totally right. Uh, and,
1: and those commercials got better. In the early days, it was just George in a tux being like, look how fancy these are. And eventually they were like, became real right, George Clooney add things. A little more, yeah. yeah, and they became goofier and goofier as time went on. And I was like, oh, this is okay. They're winning him I back. I think because, the, ones,
0: the ones that make me feel like I'm getting tricked or something, or like, why? Like, this is buying in in a weird way. It was after the McConaissance and the success of Lincoln
1: Lawyer. And And then then I was watching
0: TV and he was the voice of like Cadillac and Lincoln and stuff. I was like, I I don't know. I don't like it.
1: No, no. But nobody liked those commercials. It's to the point where Jim Carrey hosted Saturday Night Live and they did a spit just on him playing, like doing a commercial for Saturday Night Live. But Jim Carrey's Matthew McConaughey and it's him just saying stupid nonsense for 30 seconds and you're like. Oh, that is accurate, though. Like, that is what Like, Matthew just Cartier saying vaguely said. inspirational things no, no, That things is an, exact, that's an example. But that's an example of where an, the, it's not the actor that's doing it. It's the ad campaign that failed. It's not the actor that failed. It's
0: is trying to lean into something and capitalize on something. But it, it just felt so weird.
1: Well, yeah. And it yeah. just didn't work. So, I'd say it's never really the actor's fault because they're just taking a, a paycheck. For me, yeah. It's just the sports really the thing where it's like me wearing Nikes or Adidas shoes, like – or Reebok, or Under Armour. Like, it doesn't matter. They're all going to be comfy shoes, but I'm probably going to pick the brand that I like or maybe the athlete I like is hired by them.
0: If it's available, sure. Yeah. I, I tend to gravitate... I'm going to sort of justify it. I tend to gravitate towards orange shoes anyway, and Trey happened to sync up with some of his choices. But here's the thing. Gonna, if it was, I, I, if it was a Westbrook think shoe... I a fun athlete, so it worked but, out.
1: But if you saw a Westbrook orange shoe, you'd be like... If you said an orange shoe that you don't, I don't loved, hate
0: Westbrook enough to not. If it, it was like, hey, the new Kyrie's, okay. the anti-Semite sure. edition are coming out.
1: I'm trying uh, to think of somebody you don't like. I, I'm saying insert <laughs> an athlete you do not like. Like for Steph me, it would be Doncic. Right? Doncic had a great shoe that I was like putting it on, I was like, this is amazing. And then I saw his name on it, I'd be like, I'm just going to put that back on the shelf.
0: What? He's great. He's one of the best athletes going right on right now. You're right. He is very
1: talented, giant basketball, baby He loves complaining just awesome when
0: he gets so upset out there and just he
1: just sits on the floor sometimes i know (laughs) and he bangs his fists and he stomps his feet anyways it's fine he's great he's hugely talented but they're not doing well because he's the only like he is he's like okay
0: like as someone who got in because of harden like four years ago like it is it is that to the extreme it is like he's the only guy that's good But But that's the problem. No, 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 it's that forty percent usage. Yeah. So
1: Kyrie leaves the team. He gets he gets suspended, right, because of the the nonsense that he got into. And then all of a sudden, the team starts doing better. And what happens is, you realize that you can have a great player on the floor, but they become so great in their mind that the gravity pull pulls the ball towards them, and you lose. Like Kyrie's great example of this is him going to Boston. And having a great team around him that are now an, an A-class team without him. Yeah. And it's because... They actually the,
0: made it to the Eastern Conference Finals when he was hurt. And yeah. then the subsequent seasons did not do as well. That's what I'm so. saying. Like, th-
1: he kind of brings this gravitational pull of, like, when he's on the floor, the ball goes to him. And it takes away from the team. Whereas when he's on the floor, the ball goes to anybody. And it kind of opens up the team. I feel mm-hmm. the same way with Doncic. Doncic kind of has that same vibe of, like... The ball goes to him, and but he's the only guy. He's like the it's like the Ray Allen problem where you can have 40 points but still lose. Was Ray Allen known for that? The shooter? Not sorry, not Ray Allen. I mean, uh, Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson. Sorry, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, okay, okay. Like the guy who you can have, like, he can have an amazing game but still lose every single game because, like, he didn't your team is too one dimensional. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, my point is. Insert athlete don't you shoes. don't like, yeah. if their name's on that shoe, you're going to be like, oh, I'm not going to necessarily get that because My of... My ex- impression
0: of that person is having an impact on this product, sure. despite... But, like,
1: I have a pair of Adidas, and I like Adidas as a company because they have... Uh, they do a lot more paperless stuff, like a lot more uh plasticless stuff. Like, they do... Like, when I go buy a shoe, there's zero plastic in the packaging. Like, they intentionally oh, okay. do that. And... Somebody point when I bought them and then like a month later, Kanye does his nonsense on the internet and everyone's like, Oh, Adidas, you should drop them. And how dare Adidas? And I'm saying, they're like, but also like, you can just, it's a comfy shoe. Like, why does it have to be about all these other things? It's just a comfy shoe. Like I bought a comfy shoe on sale. Yeah. I'm just saying, that's my point. Like, but people do buy stuff. They'll go buy Nike because their favorite athlete sponsored by Nike. So therefore I wear Nike. They're like, when, tiger woods or michael jordan wears air jordans people wear or jordan's thinking they're gonna be playing like michael jordan's like no there's a
0: whole movie about that yeah. if you find the shoes you got the skills yeah that's what i'm yeah. trying to say
1: like I, I advertising it i don't care if an actor does it if the if the ad's good i'm i'm there if the campaign's I, I think good
0: as much as i like chris paul i really don't love the state farm stuff i kind of <laughs> wish that wasn't a thing but he's where are getting you that getting money? all
1: these american commercials i feel like i'm not getting any of these I haven't seen Chris Paul in any commercial.
0: Oh, uh, th- this was definitely more so when I was at work and couldn't log into league pass. So I had to pirate basketball. Oh, okay. So you're watching so American, American ads. Type of yeah. One. Okay.
1: Yeah, sure. No, I, and I do. Like I feel weird about those situations whatever. where those yeah. like guys that aren't LeBron, like who can dominate and get the biggest deals mm-hmm. are doing like insurance commercials that have nothing to do with their sport. But they're still but they're, there
0: but the but those companies often sponsor arenas and no stuff. i know
1: it's yeah. like the smoothie king arena right where it's just like
0: yeah smoothie king dude <laughs> if the if you miss some free throws or no no, you no get the best one bo-go. right now
1: is i mean i guess when the episode comes out we won't know this but like <laughs> uh what is it ftc arena or ftx
0: ftx for Miami. Yeah. Dot com arena. That was pretty <laughs> it's funny. like funny <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah um anyways so yeah, I don't care. Do you? Do you generally like other than John Hamm?
0: Do you care? John Hamm's been overexposed. I think he's been stretched thin. Ah, uh, the kind of notion of like the voice of this car commercial is probably someone you know. I like. I've I've heard this tale that Billy Crudup was the first guy to zero in on this as like a way to get money, as like an okay actor. <laughs> Wait you know where
1: did you you heard like no because actors i have heard been this doing, on a
0: movie podcast
1: years ago but i feel like, like movies like, actors have always been hawking products at us like
0: no no but like to specifically zero in on like being the voice of a line of cars
1: as oh. like a major because i know that uh the dude from homicide life on the streets like he is the voice of straight stay farm like that deep voice guy who's like Stay farm always there oh like, yeah
0: yeah i don't think it's state farm it's it's uh farmers or something it's that other one
1: okay but anyways he is a talking farm... about though he is like the voice I, I hear his name often on things but billy creditor you're saying is like he learned about the side gig where you go into a booth and his agent was like
0: hey i got a, a sweet honey pot for you
1: well like, way honestly long ago voice actors yeah. like they work a lot when you look at their credits you're like man they must be working a lot but it's like no it's like i nailed up that episode of a cartoon show hour this week and i got paid so are you looking him up i need to figure this out i know he's from he's from he was in brooklyn all, for state? A run. all state all yeah. state yeah
0: yeah all state not state farm totally different there's also <laughs> farmers as another company so yeah
1: all state yeah Ugh. you're right it was all state
0: Um, Yeah, no. Watching American TV, you definitely get the sense that like all that exists down there is like insurance companies and alcohol. That's all that there is. So, what do
1: you think about like celebrity-owned companies that use the celebrity to like, therefore, like hawk their product at you? Who's doing that? Like Ryan Reynolds owns a. He has a mobile phone. Like he has a mobile company called Mint Mobile, Uh, and then he has his aviation gin company, and he uses his celebrity to advertise exclusively for both. Okay. the aviation gym one even had like, that's where the Hugh Jackman had his own like whiskey company. And they went into that Ryan Reynolds versus Hugh Jackman campaign was to, was to hawk their alcohols at you.
0: Hmm. Okay. And that, that turned into Deadpool 3.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Like. I
0: don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. The, that pitch as to like that's the direction they're going didn't stoke much for me i sure. don't know i kind of well, thought i didn't even like logan especially but i felt they hung their hat up like they deliberately ended Oh, we're talking character. about
1: wolverine coming back we're talking uh, about
0: wolverine coming back
1: I, I don't care i just got into this argument today about like
0: i feel it undercuts what you did who though, cares it's a know? different
1: logan it's a different logan xavier yeah. dies at the in three and then he comes back magically later in the same franchise. So that seems a little more slick to me where Logan is not even like, Logan's not even in the X-Men franchise anymore. Like in the proper X-Men dark universe. Like at that point, like it was already a separate so- oh. like storyline. It, it was All just right. like a one and done. Like it, it just doesn't matter. I'm saying like, I'm a big shrug. Like, Logan still I guess exists. at a glance,
0: it just felt like they marketed that movie as like the last time. Oh,
1: he 100% said that this. and then he apologized for it. It's recently. like
0: when a band does a farewell tour and they're like, yeah, it was just a goose ticket sales. Like, yeah, that's fine. Know. I mean,
1: I, I guess I We're just not don't really breaking it I don't care as long as the next thing is good. Like the next thing is good that I'm okay. If the next thing's not Sorry. good, then I'm like, oh, I'll ignore that and I'll just think like Logan's the last one or oh, that was a missed opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, the farewell tour is like, yeah, sometimes people say goodbye, and then they're like, wait, I'm not done yet, and that's fine, too.
0: Get re-inspired later.
1: Like, remember, Clint was supposed to retire from acting and directing in, like, the late aughts, and then continued...
0: no, yeah, almost Gran Torino was pitched as like this might be the last time. He ever up.
1: acts on screen and then he continued acting on screen multiple times. Then the times. trouble with the curve came and I'm not out saying, and like, like music. I'm not saying they're out. good movies. I'm not making the argument that like, oh see What was that cowboy one? Cry macho. But here's the thing. If Tarantino makes his tenth movie and then twenty years later is like, I'm gonna make another, are you gonna sit here and be like Shut You up.
0: said you weren't gonna make any more. Like, yeah. you better loophole this in by being like, "I'm finally finishing the Kill Bill story."
1: This I mean. like, I just, I don't the last part. Of I that don't story care. If he decides tomorrow <laughs> he's not gonna retire after ten movies, I'm not gonna be like the outrage. I'm like, guys, he's already kind of made his, his the, ten yeah, Because guess what, Kill movies. Bill? He made two movies there. It's literally called the new film by, like, it's not called the seventh film. It's called the new film or whatever they decided to call it. But yeah and then he did do grindhouse which i think counts but might not count i don't know
0: it had no that has to count right i think it changed if, the number. it either
1: counts and kill bill is one movie or kill Bill's two movies and it doesn't
0: count kill bill's one one movie officially it's okay. the fourth movie yeah <laughs> okay that's how they do it yeah <laughs> okay and then it's yeah the so it's on my affair. dvd
1: it was the fourth movie by quentin tarantino was kill bill volume one and then when kill bill volume two came out it was the new film by quentin tarantino i was like just what are, wait what what yeah just a facepalm okay my point is i don't care i like if he decide, he says it out loud and then he changes his mind later what is, what does it matter why does that matter
0: wait what about when an, a lady is on a fragrance like you're walking through sears and you're like whoa emma stone is here for some reason
1: i'm I, all right i don't like fragrances but if i see a picture of emma Stone, i'm like oh that's a pretty person
0: but not like later when you're seeing her in a movie, you're like, I don't believe you. You're that that perfume huckster. I don't you're not an no. actor.
1: Because that's my point is like I don't care about any of this though.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like the All only right.
1: egregious ones to me are when it's I pandering. But I don't like
0: For me it's the sports book stuff. I just hate in general. Sure. I don't love that stuff. But like, I don't like And okay, a lot I'm... of people pop up in those. Oh, Wayne sure. Gretzky okay, yeah. was in one.
1: Yeah. Um so you, you brought this one up already. Matthew McConaughey and the Lincoln commercials. I hated those commercials. But I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, uh, Matt, that, like, that took points That's out of Matthew points. That's it from McConaughey. Books. He cashed in like, I'm like check, no, I guess. Of course he cashed in because they were going to pay him millions. If I – someone's like, hey, Ryan, like, let's cash in on your success and give you millions of dollars to do these 30-second bids. I'll be like, done. Yeah, sure. Well,
0: I got too much integrity for that. Thanks, bub. Okay. Do you know what integrity no. got
1: people? nowhere because like zero dollars <laughs> we literally talked about Sam Peckinpah a couple weeks ago and that guy was full of integrity yeah full of it art and now he's dead but yeah. <laughs> he got nowhere with it like he literally he's like one of those like literally if there's a book about Hollywood on unrealized talent or unseen talent or like people that didn't quite make it that great Sam Peckinpah is like the title of that chapter
0: no, dude, because he he made that convoy movie that pulled in the money.
1: <laughs> Anyways,
0: so that's my point. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't care. It doesn't hurt your perception, I guess. Okay, no, no. I, I just got I just got overdosed on the John Hamm. Oh sure, it, it me I mean sad. I
1: can get why like that sucks in those moments, but you can still go back and like Mad Men still exists separate from these commercials.
0: I I know, but the way my memory works, it'll just start seeing him selling me okay. Food so and
1: question s- for you: insurance and my yeah. mind never worked this way. But when you go back, if if something in a subsequent movie changes the continuity of a past movie, when you go watch the past movie, is it forever actually ruined for you?
0: I maybe a little bit. Like okay. I'll, I'll revisit stuff and get bummed out later. Like I kevin spacey's whole career okay but that's different huge smudge on it
1: that is different i'm talking about like like a retcon in a star wars movie later that you don't like but then you go back and watch the originals and you're like like oh no like they changed this thing in the future this is all leading to this garbage yeah but it's like no i can still watch those old star wars movies and still enjoy this on its own
0: i guess so i i I, th- I feel it hurts me though like watching like I'll be watching episode three and be like wh- how does Asuka fit into any of this it doesn't even make sense Ahsoka? she doesn't exist yeah
1: well you should She's not even here you should watch the uh there's like I guess the internet blew up I have the fan edit there's a the fan edit that just got realized on reddit and everyone's like wait where's this fan edit and I have it I was one of the people that downloaded it back in the day when it came out somebody I've somebody re- sat down the Sith, and edited together like masterfully edited together. The last few episodes of the Clone Wars that take place while Revenge of the Sith is happening, and they okay they've layered them together so it like is seamless. Like other than going from live action to cartoon, like the music transitions and they do fades and they follow all the rules. Um, okay. Anyways, there those that movie takes it's place just over... when a
0: creative thing happened, and then later you're adding to a previous entry. Yeah, I don't I, like
1: I, I can still watch it and be like because. Ahsoka's just not on screen. That's okay.
0: All right. I mean, like, I, th- I feel the probability of that whole thing. So when you
1: watch, when you watch a New low. Hope, you're like, the Emperor is somewhere out there in space right now.
0: No, no. When I watch a New Hope, though, I am like, they just pulled out stealing the plans because I watched Rogue One. Why are they being so aloof to Vader? That's so insulting. <laughs> You know, it ruins that beginning of that movie. Okay, I don't so they think should about that should change the end. So you're, you're sitting there watching. I don't and you're think like... that Vader moment is worth the cost to A New Hope, like in terms of plausibility. It's I... my least favorite part of that movie. That is
1: the best part of that movie, but well, that's, but not that's the, best the worst part. Part. I love part of that movie. movie. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wait, that's your worst. The best part movie? of that
0: movie is when Gold Leader was there. That was so good. <laughs> Sorry, oh my gosh i like smiled the so scene. deeply you don't like the vader scene. i don't think it fits very well i no, think it's it definitely fan service the story yeah I, but, I i wasn't stoked on it him being on that planet or whatever that's fine that doesn't cross any wires him literally seeing the the ship pull out of the parking lot with the stolen
1: plans but then he's torturing princess leia in the next scene and that seems pretty intense already She's a diplomat's no, the, daughter. The
0: beginning of New Hope isn't isn't pitched at the same level of, No, no. That's like, what I'm
1: saying. At the carches. beginning of New Hope, he is physically tormenting Princess Leia. Like he sends in Once that like
0: she's on the Death Star
1: with that robot? When they when he's interrogating her, and then they have that torture robot come in and they close the The torture robot, door. yeah. There's yeah, the torture they're robot. They're gonna torture her, which that doesn't match the beginning of New Hope at all, but that is happening. So clearly. Darth Vader is like, is really frustrated, but he's also really frustrated because he it's knows like, you what know happened with stuff. Right
0: before. I, I feel all that stuff is contingent on like not being certain if she knows something. You know? Going Whereas straight to like, torturing no, we know you were there. a diplomat's we saw a
1: senator's you. daughter. I don't what? know. I like, it, it seems pretty intense right off the bat. Like she's still like a a senator's daughter, like a whole free people of the Senate's. Like, she's there like Leader. That's
0: how dark and crazy Darth Vader. That's used what I'm to saying, be. and that's how
1: angry he is, and how much he wants this information. That's what I see. I think it fits.
0: That's the you same, know, okay. yeah, but that doesn't fit with the ending of the movie because, because it does one fit, because thing. he
1: knows that she has something, and he's just wanting that information.
0: All right, the whole the whole conversation they have at the beginning of New Hope doesn't make sense with how it went. Is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, and I'm saying but... it does make sense to me because. He, that you conversation... just don't really
0: like New Hope though, and I know that, so I'm kind of keeping I'm saying, that in okay. my pocket.
1: But like, is is a New Hope a worse movie now because you watched Rogue One?
0: No, but Rogue One isn't quite as good as everybody. Sure, saying. and that's
1: not what I'm asking. I'm saying the I'm saying the retrospective thing. That's what I'm oh, trying to talk about. Like you say, Mad so Men. It's so hard
0: because I've watched it like so many times. Anyway, I don't go back to that movie often. And now for solace, you know. Yeah, but, but... what I'm saying is
1: like Mad Men. Men, man, you said is a little ruined for you now that John Hamm is in has like, sold
0: out in this very specific way sure. for that character, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, I just my brain doesn't work that way. I can catalog like put that to the side.
0: Okay. So
1: like it doesn't even like Rogue One, which I like, I count as the Disney era, so I don't think of it as Star Wars and as in that's not doesn't really touch the six movies. Okay. So like, I say, I keep those movies separate in my brain than what came next, which I like a lot of what came next, but and when it does touch those things, I'm like, Oh look, there's Darth Vader, cool. Like it doesn't bug me. I don't think like wait a minute, how is he there? Like it doesn't yeah, okay. bug me at all. Like it it just is a thing that's happening.
0: And is he slightly taller? That doesn't make sense.
1: Is he slightly yeah. taller? And then Hayden anyway. Well Hayden had to like they had to shoot him in like he had to stand on boxes when he was yeah. in the suit because he's definitely not tall enough. He's not David Prowse height. No, so. no, no, no. But his stunt double is. So, anyways, I don't, I don't know Gosh. how we got here. Advertising, yeah. like it doesn't stop me. Skeletor
0: from... is trying to sell me an SUV, and I just don't, I don't appreciate it. I'm <laughs> trying to think if they're gonna zero in on an era of stuff I do care about, and it's gonna twist the knife in a weird way, you know. Oh, go ahead. But what no i'm just i'm just speculating
1: oh like, you're trying to think if, of a, an error that does... if they're gonna
0: mine something i am just like the great mouse detective is trying to sell me a watch or something it's gonna be like <laughs> what are we doing like how did we how did you know i oh, cared so you that much get about that watch
1: me? you went to disneyland and you saw like a great mouse detective I, no like...
0: dude if they zeroed in on my era of stuff a little better i would like i bought like a bernard pin or something yeah because it's just like oh dude they got the rescuers
1: finally. That's what I'm saying. Some like, I, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Like, if they if I went to Disneyland and I saw a rescuers down under related stuff or rescuers you know, down, down detector, under shirts or something, yeah, Yeah, I would 100 percent zero in on those things. If I had like if I had Basil riding his hound type of thing, like 100 I would be like, oh man, 100 percent on board. With yeah, them. yeah. If Dude, like, was laughing, back when the they did Disney
0: Infinity or whatever, like all that stuff, they were just getting the wrong movies. Like if you get my era of movies, well, you get the Ducktales movie.
1: Like Disney and for Why me are they was actually at these for kids. kids. They don't was have act- money. They don't have jobs. They do. They yeah. <laughs> little kids have lots of money because it's called their parents being like, "I gotta uh... pay for this." To stop them from bugging me. They have more income than I do, and I had like a hundred percent like disposable income at that point because they just had so. parents who were just like, "Stop bugging me." Scan. Card.
0: Stop bugging me. I'll, I'll buy these Skylanders. Yeah. Or whatever. So saying like yeah. that
1: game was actually so yeah. If if infinite okay. That game came out when we were kids. Yeah, we probably would have gotten that. But we also, to be fair, we grew up in that, like, bridge gap generation of Disney before Little Mermaid and, like, the big renaissance of popularity. Like, the
0: renaissance was starting.
1: Yeah. But I'm saying the popularity thing. Our movies that I have a soft spot for happened, like, just before or <laughs> just at the beginning of it.
0: Or or during, like, that kind of slump in the 80s. It's like... yeah. Like, before they needed the Renaissance to save their bacon. Correct. You know? That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. that's where...
1: I mean, the only movie that came out after that would be, like, the DuckTales movie. But that was, like, never really a real movie, though.
0: That was kind of a TV thing that got yeah. boosted up a little yeah. bit. Or, like, yeah. the
1: Goofy... Yeah. A Goofy movie. A Goofy movie is part of the Renaissance, to be fair, though. So, but... Um, yeah, I, I I love all these movies. Like, when I was in Target, I was really pumped to see uh what's his face who is the have you seen a goofy movie yeah yeah max wants to go see that band like that dude
0: oh okay yeah yeah. i see him in my brain yeah i thought we were talking about like the what is that paulie shore character no 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 but it was that character it was like that
1: character had his own t-shirt and i was like that's awesome i was like I tried it on and didn't you should hit. mine into that. But I was, was like, better. that's exactly what I want. I was like, give me my movies, like my childhood, like my, f- my favorite ones were still like the Renaissance films, but I also love the peripheral ones that came out at the same time. Mm-hmm. So give me like Jafar as a genie, like t-shirt. I would do that in a heartbeat.
0: <laughs> there you go. So yeah, Disney, is, uh, Hey, maybe with Iger back, they'll, they'll get back into what they need to. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, weird. advertising Old men will
1: know what we want. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I am hopeful with Iger, but I had heard a rumor recently, but that's okay.
0: So. All right, let's. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have to. We've wandered all far fields, <laughs> advertising somehow. Which insurance company is your favorite? Let's just cap it. Uh, that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. If you want to send us a question for a future show, email Ryan at okv.ca or Nathan okv.ca. or you can Instagram us Okavide Podcast. We are also now on Hive and co-host. We we are also, okay, video podcasts. These are fresh, new, (laughs) hot off the grill, social networks. I'm glad I
1: I don't. I was fearful you were going to say like whatever that, the alt right one is that became big after Mastodon that Trump got kicked off of uh, Twitter. I
0: don't know. There's a bunch out there, but no, I don't think either of these ones are, criminally run or anything. Okay. Uh, Next week we are finally paying a visit to Clint Eastwood with his best picture winning, Unforgiven, from 1992. It was written by David Webb Peebles and directed by the man himself, the man with no name. Until then, I'm Nathan. And I'm Ryan. Happy trails.